to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley Wolf, and I'm here today with, as per usual, Dustin Jackson. Hello, Mitch. How are you doing today? I'm really nervous about this episode all of a sudden. No, it's going to be good. For the people at home, this is our third shot at uh, recording just the intro to the episode. (laughs) Uh, So I'm hoping it all goes pretty well because, Dustin, this is a very special episode of the Telling the Tale podcast. It is? Why is that? Well, not only are we finishing The Walking Dead Season 2 with The Walking Dead Season 2 Episode 5, No Going Back, but also, we have a special guest. Hello, I'm here. Hello, who are you? Uh, I'm uh, Special Agent Ape, or Andrew, whatever you want to call me. I would like to call you Andrew for uh, brevity's sake during the podcast. No, you have to say the whole name every time. Hmm. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> what can you, can what can you tell me about yourself, uh, and what can you tell me about Torch Sixty? Uh, I am a freelance musician, and Torch Sixty is an indie dev team consisting of my friend Dan and I, and we make RPGs. Uh, some RPGs that might include Brave Hero Yusha, uh, Soma, Soma Spirits, Spirits, Soma Union, uh, and the upcoming Epilogue Adventures and Astro Hunter Zosma. So everyone go check those things out if you like Andrew. Links will be in the description. Yeah, the soundtracks are uh, all mine. So if you, awesome. like me, then, if you like me, then you like my, my stuff, I think. So I today, hope. we're not going to be talking about any of that stuff. <laughs> any of that garbo. <laughs> we're instead going to be focusing on The Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 5, No Going Back. Originally... Released on August 26th, 2014, directed by Ainsworth and Lennart, written by Brecken and Shorette, and designed by Pink. So, the, before we get mus- into that episode... The musician? I'm sorry? The musician? <laughs> Jared Emerson Pink? Johnson. Doesn't need to be said. We, we cover Jared Emerson Johnson every single time. I see. Oh no, he's saying because you said pink, like the musician pink. <laughs> oh, pink like the musician. I thought you were asking for, and who's yeah, the musician? The, yeah, no, with, with <laughs> um, <laughs> no, 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 and with the uh, with the uh, exclamation point for the eye. <laughs> yeah, uh, every eye is an upside down exclamation point. Yeah, that's true. That's so. You've... That's so what. Uh, that's what my teacher always was saying. Yeah, before I they was... stamp before they stamp that B plus onto my test. Man, you should have remembered the thing about the eye. <laughs> such a poor eye grade. Well, here's the deal. Uh, before we talk about this episode, I think it would be worth it for our listeners just to get on the same page of uh, the conversation. To hear what you did up to this point, Andrew. And especially uh, if you have any key thoughts on, on some of those decisions that you've made to get yourself to this point. Yeah, so... Um... I, I know that it's been it's come up quite a few times during the podcast, but uh, my way of playing season two was to turn the sass meter up from like maybe like seventy to like a hundred twenty, and I was just kind of mean to what everybody. What is the scale? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Out of well, what? It goes up. It goes up to three hundred and seventy-eight. Yeah. The, well, no, the, no, no, no. It goes to it goes to a hundred. A hundred. A hundred sass points is like maximum sass. But oh, then, you broke it. You yeah, exceeded. I broke, I broke the sass meter. Wow. Because okay. yeah, because Clem has some lines in this season that are really good. 
She does. Um, I, I've noticed that as well, and I've enjoyed Clementine's uh, writing up to this point. You know, I, I've seen like people hesitant to pick like the mean Clem choices, but she has so many that are just like, you know. I think we've talked about a few of them that, that we've picked. A f- it depends on the context of what the, that choice is, but a lot of them are pretty good. You're right. I mean, I was, even when the context didn't call for it, I was pretty mean, I think. Good to know. All right, so. <laughs> you have so a different we'll Clem. You just have a canonically different Clem than us. She she was just fed up. She was tired. She's been through a lot. Uh, Christo's mean to her because she's sad, so. Uh, I did not feed the dog, and Dustin uh, was not happy about that. Uh, mm-hmm. they, he was like, oh, you don't feed, you didn't feed the dog? I was like, no, that food's for me. Well, given um, what happened, that seems objectively correct. Yeah, but... <laughs> I felt I felt I felt right about it after what happens happens. Yeah. Um, I did blackmail Rebecca twice. Uh, now here's the thing: the biggest thing uh, that's different from episode one was I didn't forgive Nick. Like I think every single other person that I've talked to forgave Nick. So if you don't forgive Nick, um, if you're like completely mean to him, he storms off uh, when. Uh, Pete is like telling the story about him fucking up all the time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, and it's really funny because it's like, oh, you have like another opportunity to like, okay, we'll just drop it here. And if you don't drop it, he like storms <laughs> off, and then Pete and Clem just like keep talking about him. I want to keep talking about how shitty Nick is. Yeah, they're just like mocking him while he's like stormed off. It's awesome. Um, I did tell Sarah we'd be friends, but I did tell her we're not the same age, and I didn't give water to the guy. Uh, and I didn't give Pete the water either. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, no, that's your water now. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I guess it always was, because it's from your backpack. That water he's not going to need used. it where he's going. Yeah, he was, he was a dead man anyway. He didn't need my water. Both, the, both of those guys were dead. I would um, argue no one at the river needed water. No, they were at a river. Hey. For, for river-related reasons. Well, I don't know. Have you ever seen what's in a river? That's gross. I wouldn't want to drink it either. It is fresh water, though. Like, obviously well, it's gross, like, but you're a survivalist now. There's, like, there's like microbes and, like, amphi- amphipods and stuff. Do you think Fish that diarrhea? Clementine, two years after the the uh, apocalypse, got this from a filtered stream? <laughs> well, She's I like, mean, ew. She probably, I don't like, do, I don't she probably drink like boiled, she probably like boiled it at least, you know, got the germs out. I doubt it, but right. all right. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh I, I can see where you're coming from though. She knows where this water is. She she can trust it, maybe more than other people. But I would um, argue the dying guy should probably drink from the river. Uh well he should <laughs> he should probably die. I mean he like you know, I'm I'm happy I, he can he can do whatever, I don't care. Guy should probably just die. Okay, interesting. I'm writing that down for uh, yeah. I mean, Andrew he should. Well, he, he should have because the thing was like uh, he was he was mean to Krista, who I have some thoughts about Krista, but we'll get into that later. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. Will so we? She's thing, not in this episode. No, I have a lot of thoughts about Krista. This uh, is this is like his number one thing about I, season two. I, I have, I have a couple. I have a couple quick fixes for season two that I want to uh, propose a little. Later, interesting, so. interesting. Okay, uh, so let's move on to uh, episode two then. Or sorry, uh, the end of uh, episode one. You had to make a choice. Yeah, I did. I didn't give water, and I went with uh, I went with Pete, but I didn't give water to him either at the beginning of episode two. You um, you saved Pete. Yeah, 
Well, okay. well, he didn't save him. Right, I mean, you, you yeah, attempted to save he, he Pete was... rather than Nick. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, yeah, because gotcha. Nick, Nick, sucked, Nick sucked and I didn't forgive him. Um, <laughs> so the other thing, uh, in episode two, you know how Carlos is all like, um, oh, don't tell Sarah every, anything. Uh, uh-huh. She's, you know, she's got whatever. Uh, no, I just ignored that. I just told her everything. Every single instance I could, I was like, no, Sarah, this is what's going on. Um, in order to be mean on purpose or what? Well, in order to be mean to Carlos, I liked Sarah. Carlos sucked. Um, I feel like Carlos seems a little is bit like character. Sarah's caught in the crossfire there. Uh, well, no, Sarah, she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. To, Oh, don't worry. Sarah got, well, yeah, Sarah did get caught in the crossfire, but that's because she died. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't shake Carver's hand. I told Rebecca to stop bossing me around. I didn't vouch for Luke's crew. I told Kenny that they all sucked. Um, I told, I told, (laughs) I told Rebecca it was gross to listen to her baby kick in her Mm -hmm. stomach and didn't. That one seems unneeded, but I get it. That does Um, seem like a little bit of a. (laughs) That, that, that's going out of your way to be mean, but it is, it is funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, yeah, no, sat, it, it sounds funny. That's fair. I sat with Kenny because the other crew sucked and they were boring. Um, I I told Kenny I didn't trust them because they locked me in a shed. Uh, I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. put the angel on the tree. I put the I put the star on it because Sarah needs to learn that angels aren't real. Um, and oh. <laughs> uh, I threw Nick under the bus and Walter killed him or didn't save him. Um, so yeah, that's my episode. Oh yeah, and also Alvin lived for me. Dustin, as you were explaining your... You right? Alvin lived? Yeah, Alvin, yeah, lived, Alvin for, lived for me. Yeah, Alvin lived for me. I went, mm-hmm. I went with Kenny, I shot the first time, and did not shoot the second time, I think. Yeah, uh, Dustin, what I was gonna say was, every episode you would say something like... I saw Andrew or Adam do this thing that annoyed me so much. And I was always hearing about that and coming from a place of like, yeah, but don't you like kind of value that you got to see another aspect? But now that I'm hearing Andrew say it so proudly (laughs) and so cockily, I understand where you're coming from and your annoyance. Okay, okay, but this... No, everyone can play how they want, but... Sure, yeah, I mean, that's what it's for. That's what the the structure of the game is for. That's the point of choices. But also, I get it. My clown was fed up. She was done. She was, uh... She had no patience left. Sure. But let's start with episode three. I I think as long as Alvin lives, it's fine. Which he did. So I, I called Sarah a baby. Uh, I don't. I don't remember the context for why. Now I've uh, seen told... the Bob's Burgers movie, so I know how, I know how violent that is to call <laughs> someone a baby that is not yeah. a baby. Yeah. No, I called her a baby. I told her to shut up. I don't remember why. I. Th- I think. Uh... Oh, it's because when she was talking during Carver's uh, speech. Oh yeah, when she's talking about. Oh, yeah, I told her to shut up during... then too. Yeah, that was just preservationist. <laughs> yeah, that was like shut. Shut up, Sarah. You're being dumb right now. Um, I didn't help her with her chores. Uh... <laughs> I, I also did not. Uh, although I w- regret that one, but. Uh... I told Bonnie the jacket was ugly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which I think I think I was correct on. Um, Go, Clem. I love that jacket. We talked about this a little bit be, uh, outside of the podcast. And I'm glad you just brought it up to remind me. 
I wanted to say that I personally, as an individual looking at the screen, love the jacket, but my Clem <laughs> does not. Oh, yeah, no, I was kind of similar. I was like, yes, cool, costume change. You know. Even just more than it being different. I, I would wear that right now. I like that jacket but, a lot. Well, well, my thing was that Bonnie sucks. So I was Bonnie like, does I'm gonna... suck. Uh, I, think, mm-hmm. I think the three of us are in agreement <laughs> on that. Uh, I, yeah. I will talk more about how Bonnie sucks uh, a little bit more. Sure. Um, once we get to episode four. so There's a way she can suck even worse in this coming up. I'm excited to talk about episode Bonnie, four. Bonnie super sucks. Um, uh, and I did, I did watch Kenny do Carver in, which I know is a big point of contention. So It's well, fine. So it's, it's, it's a point fine. of contention, but I, I will rush to at least a part of your defense here and say that I also did, and I also don't really regret it. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple things, because, like, so my, my logic with it is, like, it's the first time that Clem is really being offered a, a real choice where she actually has control over whether she wants to do this thing or not. You know, and it's like, I feel like, um, part of the thing with the first couple episodes is that every, like, character is talking over you. Yeah. And that was like, that was like one of the few times where Kenny is like putting you on his level and saying like, okay, you know, and I don't think this is like a good thing that he's doing, but he is giving you a choice to do this, you know. And that's so that's an interesting like one of space those... to explore. I think that's we'll like talk much things... more about agency. Yes, I have a lot of thoughts about, uh, Agency, especially when it comes to the difference between Kenny and Jane. Me too. Me too. I have a lot of notes about just what it means to be in charge of your destiny in this kind of game for a character in the universe. Um, But we can come back to that. Uh, Unless you want to talk more about that choice, uh, we we can maybe move on. Um, I I think it ties more into stuff that we'll talk about later. So we'll talk about it a little bit more later. Sure. Um, but yeah, and then I told Sarah to shut up after Carlos died. You told Sarah <laughs> to shut up? Yeah, I told Sarah to shut up. Because, oh, when they're when they're well, when they're, they're all being swarmed by the walkers, it's like shut up, Sarah. That was my go-to. Was if Sarah is screaming and being weird, then mm-hmm. I just told her to, told her to shut up. Yeah, that um, time I might have also no, I don't remember what I said something to get her to try to shut up, but I don't remember if I said that exact phrase. Um, Didn't so work. episode, episode four, oh yeah, also, I can't remember if I chopped off Sarita's arm or not. I think I did, and then didn't realize why it was bad, also, like Mitch, so. Yeah, and I think we, we talked about last episode why that was such I, that is a such a cool choice. I love, I love that choice, because okay. it is, like, intentionally misleading, but, like, in a really smart way, because it's, like, testing your, your like, quick thinking, I guess. I think we disagree. (laughs) I think the 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 two of us don't like that one. Okay, well, I like that one because the thing is, like, it's testing. It's like, okay, you are in, like, a... Okay, I don't like how episode four handles it. I'll I'll talk about that a little bit also, but... um, You you like... uh, Well, go ahead. I like the immediate choice. I like the the concept of, like, okay, it would be good to chop off her arm, but also, like, you are in the middle of a horde. Like, why would you do it here? You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you you more like that. Uh, it's a choice where you really have to think fast. Yeah, it's it's a it's a quick thinking thing where it's like you know, 
Okay. It's, and it's not even like a bullshit thing where it's like, uh, like at the end of season one where it's like, oh, you can save Omid or Krista while they're running alongside the train, but it doesn't really matter. It's like, no, you actually have to think about this and like, what weigh your options a little bit. Sure. <clears throat> it still doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's the thing. I don't think a lot of season two matters. Um, as far as, like, the choices you make, which is, like, a big bad thing about it, but also, like, I do think, uh, it kind of ties into the agency thing a little bit, which, I don't know if we want to get into this right now, but... I I think um, let's finish the, the, the connections, but what I'll say is that we've been talking for most of the coverage (laughs) of this season about these choices and why they feel very stunted compared to the choices in, in season one. And I have new thoughts for this episode that have really changed the way I've thought about almost all of the choices we've encountered thus far. Uh, And we'll get around to it. Uh, So that's a little tease. Yeah, I definitely have some thoughts about that, too. Okay. Uh, Yeah, but let's keep going on. So then Um, uh, episode four. Okay, episode four. uh, I told Sarah we're friends, remember? And she says, no, we're not. (laughs) <laughs> Which, huh? Uh, what, yeah, what do you think was... made her just your general diggishness, or? Oh uh, well, um, I'm probably telling her to shut up three times. To, yeah. uh, T- telling her to shut up, not helping her with her chores, just really not going the, against putting everything. the star instead of the angel. Yeah, never actually being a friend at all. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Well, you know, I, 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 I guess I can see it. I was trying to toughen her up a little bit. If you squint, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was having fun. Uh, I did slap Sarah and save her. You um, what? I slapped Sarah and saved her. But okay. Also, okay. she just dies anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, Sarah gets slapped more than anyone else in this season, doesn't she? She yeah, twice. does. Well, she she gets clocked. It's like uh, it's like that bear in King's Quest Five that just like punches Graham. It's kind of like that. <laughs> you were talking about that bear earlier today, and I don't. Th- yeah. I think actually this is not like that, and you were just no, thinking it about was, that bear's. No, it was it was like that though. She goes flying. She goes flying the first time she gets slapped. It is hilarious. I mean, it's not like funny. Yeah, I did not like... think it was especially funny, but. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's dramatic. A, that's a take. It's... That's a take. It's it's a, it's not it's not funny like the situation, but the way they animate it, where she just goes like flying, is like ridiculous. Carlos used his side smash. Yeah, maybe maybe in defense of your your feelings about that being funny, uh, it it is one of the many instances of this game having a very weird relationship with material physics that I brought up in the last episode. Um, I I was bringing it. She like uh, ragdolls. The context of like why the deck would fall because you moved the cannon just a little bit to the left or right, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's just a lot of stuff. And she like know, ragdolls and t poses to the ground. That's ridiculous. Poor Sarah. Like you yeah. feel bad. Like no, you like really feel bad for her because it's like such a violent hit that it's just like shocking. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like you'd think. I guess this is a criticism of episode three. Uh, you'd think like, hey, Carlos, are you gonna? hold back a little bit <laughs> you're gonna no like well, he, like no carver like, tells him not to yeah carver, carver tells, tells him not, him not to, to but you can still like not use all of your strength yeah like yeah. you can, like, you can just her. sell the idea this is how strong i am i don't know i mean it's it's <laughs> that like the scenario itself is not funny it is super like no 
it is super like very if this were a real life scenario thing but if you take that clip out of context like it is very funny i think man i only saw it in context you're right um <laughs> so okay so so what's next for episode what else four? happens in episode four um uh i did not hold the baby because i told rebecca babies are gross damn um, you're really <laughs> on a roll you've made a choice about your clementine uh, and I, I didn't choose to mug Arvo, but I also didn't, like, really stop Jane from doing it. I was, like, kind of quiet. I just kept, like, picking You can silent. do what you want. Yeah. I think so that's I, an understandable I decision. don't think she, I don't think she, like, ended up mugging him by the end, but... Also, I'll get into that later, because that also sucks. Well, actually, no, I'll get into that now. Why does that choice... That choice should matter more than it does. Mm-hmm. Um, for you to not mug Arvo? Yeah, because, like, he just acts like he did it anyway. That's, like, another one of those where it's like, oh, this does not matter. Yeah, this so we were talking about this before, Dustin, um, where I I think that it was, like, a development error. Where if you don't mug Arvo, it's supposed to show Jane doing it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's actually a problem with the animation or something. Uh, because Jane is supposed to have mugged Arvo. Um, she's supposed to like take his stuff even if clementine says not to yeah um as like that filters into the end of the episode and the beginning of the next um but like yeah there's there's really stuff that uh should have happened there that didn't and i i think that's just a like a legit technical error i don't know oh well they'll get it next time they do season two of the walking dead (laughs) yeah next time around they'll totally get it (laughs) <laughs> um, all the people who are still employed. Uh, all right. But yeah, I think I think that's all this all the stuff really. Did you shoot Rebecca? Uh, I did shoot Rebecca. Me too. I didn't, but probably should have. Um, and I did. I went after. I did go after the baby, even though Clem thought it was gross. She learned to love this baby. That was this episode. Oh, okay. That's the start of this. No, no, like there was it this episode? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Well, that's the start of this episode. So, spoilers. Okay. So, it looks like you <laughs> went after the baby. Yes. Um so we interesting take, right into it. I I think all three of us now are taking very different approaches in uh in in this season as a whole, which is very different from when we finished uh season 1 and Dustin and I kept amazing ourselves by doing the same thing every time. <laughs> yeah um, i like that i i like that all three of us have uh different experiences yeah it, it sounds like dustin if, if correct me if you're if i'm wrong but i think that you're trying to play clementine as a maybe a moral beacon uh yeah i my clementine i yeah my clementine i try to keep her being uh you know, sweet, nice clementine but uh doing what needs to be done if it has to come down to it but like as a last resort. Um, and Andrew, again, correct me if you think that this summarization is incorrect, but it seems that you've played your Clementine as hardened by the hardship. And I think I think that and also like she's like she's already learned she's not learning things from anyone anymore. Like she learned from Lee what she has to do to survive, and now she has to put that into like motion and realize like, okay. Like, certain people are dangerous, and certain people suck. And Bonnie super sucks. Here she's just watching the Circus of Fools. 
if I were to describe my approach to Clementine, it, I think it would be theoretically in the middle of you two, but not because I'm trying to cut a difference or anything. I, I just think that Clementine at this point is a good person and all else equal it tries to be a good person all the time. But my version of Clementine is very much a practicalist and looking for um, ways to cut out some of the way that maybe some of the more emotional aspects of season one have doomed certain characters from season one, uh, especially characters like Lily. I feel like maybe this is headcanoning a little too much, but I think that incident in particular seems to have uh, shaped Clementine's disillusion with certain aspects of humans living and reaffirmed other aspects of humans living because I think also like one of the things yeah. people kind of take for granted is that like there was a whole two years that Clem spent with Krista right she spent she spent longer with Krista than she spent with like any other person so far that's so, true like, and she seems to not really like her in proportion to that well i think the thing is tough because like you know there are a couple lines where she's like oh krista taught me to do this krista taught me to do this you know mm-hmm. like you know the reason that she knows how to suture her wounds is because krista taught her um yeah. and like when she's talking to kenny she you know she'll be like oh you know krista took care of me even though it wasn't like the best and then so, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely like a little bit that you, you don't really get to see. And I think that's interesting because you have to kind of like fill in the gaps for how that went mentally. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting because whenever she's given an opportunity to talk about the people that looked out for her or the people that shaped her, it's Lee. It, every time Luke asks her, so like, how'd you get there? Uh, she, she talks about Lee and how good of a person Lee was and how uh, she wouldn't be alive without Lee, even though the vast majority of her time at, up to this point after the zombie apocalypse was being raised by Krista, who you have to assume, I guess, just wasn't as good at it. Well, <laughs> or I think, had sunk I think into a depression Krista, at that point that she wasn't yeah, being active. Here's, here's mm. the thing. At first, okay, in that first episode, when you're still with both Omid and Krista, they both seem genuinely happy and Clem seems to like fit yeah. in and she's like making jokes. And then after that, you know, after Omid's dead and she presumably like miss, and Krista presumably like miscarries or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the, 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 uh, the dynamics of the relationship are very different. Yes. The, the dynamics of the relationship are very different. And her pregnancy, Krista's pregnancy, is a way of foreshadowing and talking about how Clementine might be involved with a different pregnancy later. I got some thoughts about that, and... We'll talk about it now. Now I think it's the time. Oh, okay. So, here's here's my quick fix for the first couple episodes of season four, okay? Um, Four? Season four? Season two. Or season two. Season two up to episode four. Sorry, I said the wrong thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. By the way, just I, I I think you've been pretty good about this I, so I will, far. I will not I will not spoil anything. Yeah, we don't talk um, about beyond the episode we're on on the show. Yeah. Okay. So my quick fix for this whole season is like, so you can still have uh, Krista have the miscarriage, right? Um, but you should bring her back and have her like con- like help Rebecca because like it gives like Krista a chance to grow and like fix it like kind of gives her more like 
I don't know. I feel like the re- the reason that Krista is just she's just like written out because they need a new baby, and it's like if it's not going to be Krista's baby, why you know Krista's baby just suddenly doesn't matter. But if Krista's like if they use Krista's loss as a way to make Rebecca make more sense as a character, I think it would really kind of tie the season together and would also make this choice at the end. Uh, I think it should be, instead of uh, Jane, it should be Krista, basically. Krista and Kenny. Krista and Kenny, mm-hmm. yes. I, I think I have a reason why I don't necessarily agree that that would be what I would do, but I could see how that would work. I could see that uh, mm-hmm. using that it gives Krista in that some way, development. Yeah, it, it makes her I mean, feel... it would also, like, if Rebecca has to die, it also gives a reason for both of them to imprint on this baby. You know, like, Kenny's like, oh, this is my new That's true. child, you know, but and Rebecca, I mean, uh, Krista would also be like that because, you know, she miscarried. So they both have, like, a reason to care about uh, AJ. Mm-hmm. I, I I think we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but uh, yeah, we are getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Uh, <laughs> let's let's get through the episode. Let's 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 start that dirty work. Um, I guess if we have to. So there was a shootout at the end of the last episode, and then it cut to black. Mm-hmm. So you didn't see who died. Turns out, no one from your side, a bunch of people from their side. Wild, Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, wow. Not, what, it's what not been luck. like that this whole season. <laughs> like, like everyone's suddenly dying, and then like, oh, no, 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 no one died here. It's okay. Yeah, the, the one where they all have guns <laughs> trained on them, and someone else shoots first, that's when they're, everyone's fine. Well, kind of... Kind of wild, but sure. Um, uh, good, good for the writers for not. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they've kind of been falling into this trap of needing to drop like twenty bodies at the end of every episode. So, well, th- there still yeah. are two major deaths in this fight, uh, regardless of the fact that that didn't affect anyone in the party. Uh, right before this, Rebecca is shot by either Clementine or Kenny depending on if you hesitate to pull the trigger or not. And also, Arvo's sister turns out to be a real person and not an excuse and is killed in the crossfire. Not even the crossfire. I guess she's just killed because she had a gun also. Honestly, that just feels like an ass pull to me. Like, it's... Go ahead. They, they don't do anything with the sister. It's, like, just to, like, give Arvo, like, a tiny bit of sympathy, even though he sucks. Well, I, I think proving that she was real is sufficient to making our I mean, situation makes, makes, feel different. It makes Jane's mugging him feel a little worse if you actually yeah. do go through with the mugging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's important because Jane is um, again elevated in this episode astronomically higher than where she was before last episode, which is, a, again, like that happened before uh, between episodes three and four, two. So... I guess there's a question there of, like, why are we looking at all these different ways to make Jane's side of the story seem uh, even worse than it could? Uh, Jane's let you down by having sex with Luke and removing him from his post. Uh, She's caused this death that needn't occurred. Uh, She did save you, and she did save Luke. And and then she left. 
and then she left and then she yeah. left she's she's a real mixed bag of consistency you know you, you you can't trust her but that's kind of what she told you the whole time so mm-hmm. can you blame someone who tells you you can't trust them and then you can't trust yeah, them that's it's it's true like but it's i think that's part of the point too is like you know jane isn't easy to trust because she's so distant and doesn't think about you know she only thinks about herself basically mm-hmm. uh so she left at the end of last episode and i think i told you dustin something to the effect of like and i guess she's just out now she immediately comes back <laughs> at the beginning of this episode in order to save you and, and her presence in this gunfight um is probably it, what turns the tide in your direction it also leads yeah. to my favorite line in this, the whole season i think which is what? Which one? Um, so when she comes she comes back, you have the option of saying, oh, do you want a cookie for being good and coming oh, back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have that written down. <laughs> and I, I super said that. Yeah. Yeah, because Jane was talking like, I shouldn't have left, and I'm, I don't know, I'm having thoughts about being here. And she's saying this <laughs> while Arlo's sister just died, as you're carrying a baby whose mother just died. And you're like, I don't care if you need to feel good about your actions right now. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is a very... I kind of got other stuff going this on. Is, this is bigger than you, Jane. Why don't you, like, uh, step back a little bit and let the adults talk? Something like, that happened in this scene. Something that happened in this scene. It's not, like, a big thing, but it, it made me a little uncomfortable. Is when Jane comes back, she stabs one of the um, people you're having the shootout with in the back of the neck... And he's really gargling uh, for obvious reasons. He's dying. But boy, I feel like it goes on maybe like two seconds longer than it needs to. Now, here's here's the thing. I think season two sometimes goes a little bit too far. In terms of... D- define that. What In terms of what? Well, it feels... Okay. It feels like a little too bleak most of the time. And it also like just is a lot gorier than any other season, I think. Yeah, you feel like they needed to raise the bar. I, I feel like they felt like they needed to be more extreme than they were, and it's not about that. It's about the character drama, you know. This ain't your daddy's Walking Dead. Well, yeah, and I'm not not super yeah. fond of that. This is definitely a different tone, a, a darker tone than season one, and season one already had a fairly dark tone. Um, mm-hmm. And I played this episode. Uh, more than half a week before recording this episode right now, uh, which, which actually almost exactly one week before recording right now. And I don't normally do that. I know, Dustin, you like to play it the day of, so it's fresh. Yeah. Um, in this case, I don't know what drove me to want to do that, but I'm very glad that I did. Because after playing the episode, uh, my thoughts on it changed drastically and dramatically a number of days after playing it. Ooh, interesting. Um, to, I, to, sorry, I what were you going to say, Andrew? I think depending on your choices also, like, you can read this episode in a lot of different ways, which... Oh, for sure. A, it's kind of a testament because, like, the last episode was so, like, a little bit messy and, like, just kind of, you know, feels feels a little rushed. And then this one just, like, I feel like knocks it out of the park. I I think it does now. I think this episode is great now, uh, but right Did after not I care played for it, it at, like right after, I, 
I thought it was fine, but dropped a lot of opportunities. My or my perspective was that it dropped a lot of opportunities, and did some stuff near the end that I it took days for me to understand. Like, oh, that's what that was from a a literary point of view, and mm-hmm. it really changed my mind about how the whole thing went down. And one of the things that changed was my response to season two's tone in general. Um, wow. Because my my immediate exit thought was just, um, season one was dark and bleak, but it also had a lot of positive moments, had a lot of moments like, hey, let's play detective with Duck. And even when we have to kill Duck, we are doing it for a good reason and trying to make a friend feel better. And all of the darkness was laced with light. The shadow was laced with umbra. And it it, it felt uh, like, like a very wide range of the human emotion scale uh, throughout the entire season. And then season two isn't that. It's, a, it it's an exercise in bleakness and sadness and loss and anger. Um, and according right. according to the developer commentaries, they also wanted to go like the higher ups wanted them to go darker. Like, I'll, I'll get to it in the ending. But what are you gonna uh, do? Eat the baby? Like, they, <laughs> don't eat it. You, you you joke, but it's close to that. Like the the developers apparently Jeez. kept like really wanting them to kill the baby, like to kill uh, off the baby. And it's like, no, do not do that. Like the baby is a symbol of hope for the season. I feel like it would have ruined. It, it, it would have killed the season if they killed that baby. Well, mm-hmm. uh, what I was sort of rounding around to was that I don't think that's just what they're doing anymore. It a lot of that stuff makes a lot more sense to me with uh, the way I've learned to think about this episode. But I think we need to talk about the whole episode before we get into that kind of stuff. Okay. Um. So after the after the uh, the shootout. You're basically guiding Arvo, who's the only person from his group that survives, uh, and he's wounded. He was and already uh, walking with a limp because of he has like a leg brace thing, and, and now Kenny he fucking hates him like yeah <laughs> more than any other human being I've ever seen Kenny hate. So Kenny, I think, mentally conflates Rebecca's death here with the attack, which is not fair. Um, mm-hmm. but is something that he's doing. He views Arvo's intervention as the reason Rebecca dies. Oh, I have, I have a question, actually. Sure. Um, so, did you stay the night uh, with Rebecca, or did you just go right away? I said we should wait a couple days. I did as well. Okay, I think I, did, I went right away. So, the difference... I, I don't think it matters that much because then uh, she's just too tired and then she still, you know, obviously dies. But She dies on the tire. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's like another one of those choices that like weirdly feels like it should matter and doesn't. It just like mm-hmm. changes the time of day a certain scene happens, I guess. It t- changes the time of day? It's like, it's like evening. Is it nighttime for you? I, I think, well, not like nighttime. It's like, it's like e- evening kind of like early that's interesting. I think it's just in the sort of middle of the day. For, I, I, for I don't. I don't remember very well. I might. I might need to double check because. All right. Yeah. I. I think we were under the assumption that it didn't do almost anything at all. Yeah. So it. That's... It didn't. It didn't seem to matter. The shootout seems to just happen. Yeah. It happens way. either way. 
Um, so you're you do a little bit of a road trippy thing here. Um, <clears throat> Kenny Kenny does hate Arvo, um, and and that is that becomes important and more pronounced as time goes on. Uh, can we talk about Kenny's racism again? Because <laughs> interesting. Okay, yeah. Uh, so he keeps calling Arvo Rusky. He does. Um, he yeah. does this. He does this about six times. Uh huh. Um, and that's that's a lot. And after he already did a racism in the first season, I feel like we gotta ding some ding Kenny on that a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that that seems to come up. I I think that it's it's an element of like only when he really hates someone will he bring that out. Like he wouldn't have done that anyway. Yeah, like um, with Lee, it was an accident, but with <laughs> with Arvo, yeah. it's like, no, 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 I'm going to be racist. Well, with Lee, with that one moment, I think, from ep- uh, episode two of season one, uh, where he talks about, I think he says something like, you people referring to black people, which was uncomfortable. <laughs> he, he says, he says uh, Lee, you know how to pick a lock, right? You're a uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, ter- terrible. Um, yeah, but also bad, not meant as an insult. Yeah, it's this yeah, is meant as an insult. Like a, this this yeah. is him just doing it. He's like, no, uh, Arvo, you suck, and I'm going to be mean to you because there's, you are a bad person. There's one point where uh, Arvo says something in Russian, and uh, Kenny says, say it in American, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like his speaking Russian was an intended offense. Um, it, it, it is interesting because... Uh, Kenny was put in a position where Lee became his best friend and Lee is a black man and now Clementine is his best friend and Clementine is a black girl uh, and now he's raising um, the, the baby who will now be known as Alvin Jr. Um, who is a black baby um, and he either dated or, or got married to Sarita who is an Indian woman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh I will say about the baby also, I feel like they definitely, uh, like, make it more clear that it's definitely Alvin's. It looks it looks more like Alvin. Like, yeah. they, they kind of changed the model in this episode, I think, and it's definitely more clearly supposed to be his. Yeah, I think they mentioned <clears throat> that at the end, and it comes out in, in dialogue, but, uh, yeah, the more they changed the... the uh... The model and the more this baby grows up even within the span of a couple days because well i mean the first few days of a life are, are pretty influential in how much you're going to grow yeah um you you can see that come out more and yeah it's very clear that it was never carver's baby which is good because yeah nice i don't Al- like alvin's a good carver's. alvin's a good guy and Carver. yeah alvin's sucks. great yeah um a, a clear moral dividing line in season two if there are any at all is that alvin's good and carver is bad um <laughs> everyone else is pretty gray yeah <laughs> um but but yeah did, did you have anything else to say about kenny calling uh, arvo a rusky it does he he's putting a it, lot of spin on that fastball he's putting a yeah lot of he, he is he is angry at this at arvo and i feel like the way it comes out is bad but i don't have that much more to say about it yeah, he also calls him a commie, which, like, I don't know how old Kenny's supposed to be, but that feels outdated even for then. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he's got, a, he's got like, graying hair, so he's, you know, he's definitely meant to be at least, like, middle. Old-ish. Old-ish, yeah. I, mean, I, I got some, you can have some. Yeah, gray. but he's got, he's got, like, a gray, he's, like, gray, gray. 
He's gray all over. Sure. Um, yeah, okay. like if, you, if you looked at him, you'd see everything. That's what we're saying. So you, <laughs> <laughs> you walk for a while. Uh, Arvo's directing you. And you see this like power plant looking thing. And Kenny asks Arvo, so is that where you're taking us? Is that where you're going? Uh, and Arvo says, no, 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 no. It's a house. It's further than here. It's, it's more hours to walk, and there is food and there are supplies, um, but no, it's not here yet. And Kenny gets angry that it's taking uh, too long to get there. He This whole time, he assumes that Arvo is leading them in the incorrect direction. Um, and then they don't go around the lake. <laughs> that's the sure, real problem. Yeah, and, well, that that's later, but, but for now, with this power plant, uh, they're all spending the night. They have a very nice respite from the stress from the uh the hate from everything oh that um, oh that is a, a, oh i got my order mixed up yeah 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 because yeah. because this is this is the uh this is the i before not the i before the storm that's not how storms are this is the calm <laughs> before the store uh storm where oh, okay we're well, just having a nice notes, time in my notes here i oh yeah because uh luke got shot in the shootout i don't th- i don't know if we brought this up no, it doesn't uh, matter. <laughs> well, okay, no, it does though because one of my, one of the things I said was uh, I told him he looked like crap. Nice, good. So you look like absolute dog. Yeah, shit. like you, yeah, you're not doing well, Luke. Sorry, you look like crap. I think my Clementine said it too, but it came out very playfully. <laughs> uh, Luke can uh, Luke can ask how he is, and Clementine's like, look like crap. And then they high five or whatever. Um, hey, put put their sunglasses on. So at this moment, you've got Mike, who I don't think we've mentioned this episode yet, uh, who's still there, and he's still trying to be a, a sort of a, a source of calmness and happiness. As is Bonnie, uh, which doesn't work because she sucks. Does not work especially <laughs> well. And Clementine is talking to uh, those two people and Luke, who who are all trying to keep spirits bright. Luke brings up that it's his birthday. He's turning 27 years old, which means I'm older than Luke. Uh, I'm also older than Luke. It's, it's like a, it's like the end of the Joe Pera episode where he's like, oh, it's my birthday, but I don't like to make a I want to make a deal. big deal of it. <laughs> yeah. We that's can't exactly just reference is. random Joe Pera episodes on this podcast. <laughs> it would be too good of a podcast. Too good of a yeah. podcast. We have to nerf it a little bit. Um, <laughs> All right. But, but of who does not come to the campfire to just hang out, uh, which, which uh, is doing something because the campfire <clears throat> looks warm and it's extremely cold they've made a point of saying that uh, a few times just how cold it is outside yeah they're, they're walking on foot through a snowstorm basically yeah uh but who doesn't come to the campfire are arvo who's tied up and is not allowed um <laughs> kenny who's holding the baby and keeping guard and jane and what you have the option to do is take a uh, a bottle of rum that I think Bonnie's just had. Uh, she's been saving for a special occasion, and being that it is a birthday, it, it might be a special occasion. Uh, you have the option to go around with this bottle of rum and offer it to whoever you want to offer it to. Um, what, what did you all do? Uh, Andrew, you can go first. All right. Um, so... I took it. I took it to Jane, and she told us like absolutely bonkers story. Yeah, same I'm, here. I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get into. 
Um, I don't have anything to say about it. You can get into now if you want. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, she just she just suddenly has this story about how like uh, she wanted to drink alcohol before she was supposed to and knocked down the glass bottle uh, and it got mixed with sugar or something and then there were sugar cubes at the bottom of yeah it. there were sugar... Well, sugar crystals because rum is a sugar, sugar crystals yeah drink yeah yeah so yeah, she su- wanted to sugar get to crystals those. at the bottom and so she couldn't tell if it was sugar crystals or glass and her mouth was bleeding because she was super drunk i ate the glass and the and, glass, and, yeah. and that was like a story about her and her sister and her sister like helped her out or something i don't remember her si- at least she only yeah. brings up her sister the once this time yeah she, yeah it's, it's a little a more good, natural uh, it's a good calming down Point. It's 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 also like you know oh yeah I've done stupid shit with my you know siblings. Well, Sarah's mm-hmm. not around anymore, so the uh, the need for the sister metaphor is no longer there. <clears throat> yeah, sister, <laughs> sister is over. Um, One thing I think is funny about this story is she says she just breaks the bottle over like the counter mm-hmm. to get to the sugar crystals. She she didn't want to get caught by her parents, and yet she decides let's break this bottle over the counter. Yeah. Well, it, and hope well, and hope the they it don't could, notice. Well, it could have been like, oh, I accidentally knocked down this bottle. You know. Yeah. No, she said she purposefully. Oh, I guess that. Well, makes yeah. Sense, like, 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 why would it go in her mouth yeah. if she accidentally knocked it down? Is the question because yeah, like, we're, we're trying to set up she... a situation in which she would eat glass. I don't. I don't. Think, well, I don't think she intended. The vacuum to, wasn't working. I don't think she. I don't think she intended to eat the glass and make her mouth bleed. I think she's just stupid. No, she intended to eat the sugar crystals. Well, she wanted is, to eat yeah, the she sugar want, crystals. Yeah. She didn't want to eat the glass. She's. I know dumb. that she didn't want to eat the glass. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I don't think it was an intended result where she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna eat this," you know. But. It it is very funny. It is very funny that uh, she didn't think about it. Yeah, but honestly, it it made me it made me empathize with Jane a little bit because I can totally relate to the idea of seeing sugar crystals at the bottom of a bottle and knowing like I have no way to get to these and I want to eat those sugar crystals <laughs> so bad. I want that right now. I want that right now. I love rock candy that accidentally happened. <laughs> oh, and I think also Jane asks about the baby, and I said it was annoying. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Real bummer. Uh, and then I drank I drank the alcohol and told Kenny he wasn't my dad. You're not. Cause he drank- oh, yeah, because Kenny gets upset if you, if you drink some of the rum. Yeah, so Jane offers you a little, even though you're the one with the bottle, uh, which I- is a cool offer, Jane. Uh, I, d- I do kind of have some thoughts about this uh, not my dad thing, though, because I feel like Kenny has kind of imprinted on Clem a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, like b- this, you know, this baby is my baby and Clem is my child. Kenny is a stand in. This is sort of a thesis statement I'm working on. Kenny is a representation of an abusive stepfather. Ooh. Uh I actually think they're both a representation. So the thing is, Kenny and Jane, right? So, so Jane is like, so okay. So Kenny is like um, a parent who's like too, uh, like too emotionally attached, and then Jane is one who's too emotionally detached. Yes, I have I have that written down right here in my notes. Uh, I think what I said is that. yeah yeah totally uh they i i don't think jane is a parent though jane is not a stand-in for a parent the way kenny is uh Uh, i I think that that difference is important jane is 
as has been made so clear by her writing, a stand-in for an older sister. Um, <laughs> and that that makes a difference to me, uh, especially as we get to the end of the episode. Um, that that you might not share, but uh, it, it it does have weight to it uh, to me. Um, it's it's interesting because they're both it's a different form of abuse, but it's still abusive. Sure, and uh, I I think again high level thesis season two is about abuse, um, and Ooh. it reforms a lot of what we've seen so far. A lot of the choices that didn't seem to matter at all, and a lot of the. Uh, moments that seem to have gone too far in a bleak direction to me make a lot more sense now um having having had some time to think about season two as a whole as representations of abuse and why abuse happens why abuse has to happen or not sorry not why abuse has to happen that's dark uh why when (laughs) abuse is present in someone's life um, there are other consequences that come from that uh, that make it an even more terrible thing than just the acts of abuse themselves. And the thing, the thing with both Jane and Kenny also is that it's not like they're abu- like just abusive because like they both do care about Clem. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they I'm... both they both absolutely want to want her to to do well. They just aren't fit anymore to parent a child, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they clearly aren't. Uh, I, I think they, they do bad jobs at it, even if, uh, yeah, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So this campfire goes sort of all right. It's a nice time. You can invite Jane to the campfire. You can invite Kenny to the campfire. Um, and it, it, Kenny does do some stuff near the end of that campfire conversation that sort of makes everyone sour again and have a worse time. But for a bit, Everyone's just hanging out, and you can make good arguments to, to both uh, of those people as to why they should sit by the fire. The strongest one that I had was telling Kenny, hey, Kenny, the baby's probably cold if you're cold. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah the, the thing is, the, the, the baby is definitely, like, the biggest thing Kenny cares about. Like, this is his yeah. life now. He wants this baby to live. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense when you think about Kenny... As a historical relic of season one. Uh, be- season one has a lot of different attempts of how to survive in the apocalypse. Uh, certain characters are manifestations of getting lucky, uh, being angry, of prizing your family above all else, of being crafty, of prizing yourself above all else. And of course, Lee is the stand-in for whatever the player wants to do to survive in the apocalypse. And you're kind of given a, a pop quiz at the end of season one by Station Wagon Guy in, uh, to, <laughs> to find out, like, hey, was that a good idea? Is your method good? Is your method sound? And depending on how you come out of that conversation, you might have ideas of, yeah, I think that would work. Or, no, I think I should probably not have taken that approach. Uh, and Kenny is the pawn of that group responsible for thinking about your family above all else kenny is about family in season one um he's still about family too still about oh absolutely um but i i think in a very different way uh if Mm. if there is something i don't love about what we've seen in kenny's arc between the two seasons so far it's that i don't really think 
that season one Kenny would do a lot of season two Kenny stuff. Um, maybe the argument is that he's, uh, and I, I think they kind of get into this in, in episode four of this season, when Jane is talking about Kenny, uh, when Jane and Clementine have like some alone time, Jane says some people are hardened by these times and other people are broken by them. And she's making the argument of like, look at Kenny. Cause at that point he's really messed up about Sarita, especially in my playthrough when, um, Clementine is more evidently the reason Sarita's dying. Um, mm-hmm. some people are, you seem to be, Clem says to Clementine, you seem to be hardened or at least made stronger by being in adverse times. Kenny's broken by them. Uh, and maybe that happened between season one and episode and season two as a result of what happened to Kenny's family in season one. But in episode five of season one, the end, we see Kenny sacrifice himself for either Krista or Ben, depending on how you do it, or probably Lee, if it's just you and Kenny. And he learns that his family can be anyone and he learns to sacrifice in spite of self-preservation to help the people that he loves even though in the past he's sort of chickened out at the last moment um for doing a lot of the harder stuff season two kenny does not chicken out at all ever (laughs) season season two kenny (laughs) quite the opposite has an immense amount of confidence uh you might say uh, so, so that is that is something that I, I would maybe hold against season two's portrayal of Kenny. I don't see the continuation of that through line, but maybe just taking season two Kenny as its own, I think, is a wonderfully told story, uh, if horrifying, about abuse. That's how I'm currently viewing Kenny. Um, I mean, and the problem, one of the things that they keep trying to do is like, you know, say, oh, Kenny's losing it. Kenny's losing it. But like. The Sarita thing is so recent. Yeah. Like, like they're all talking about it like he's just being suddenly, like, the most abusive person ever. But also, like... Can you believe Kenny's acting like this? Yeah, like, why, why is Kenny Jeez. acting so weird after after his, did, you know, the second <laughs> love of his life did, just yeah. died? Did, well, did something happen? Well, okay, to be to be fair, no one's asking, <clears throat> why is Kenny fucking up? <laughs> no, one, yeah. no one's confused. <laughs> well, um, the... the they're giving him like zero leeway, you know. It's like, okay, sure. yeah, I would be, I would be pissed too, you know. Yeah, I, I get it. Well, I, I have more thoughts on this, but I, we really should finish the episode's plot. Uh, <laughs> it's difficult. So it's difficult. Af- <laughs> after this moment at the power plant campfire, uh, they get up again. Uh, somewhere along the lines, this might have happened before the power plant or not. Uh, Clementine has a moment where she has to change Kenny's bandages, and not a lot like happens specifically, but it's a moment where you have to take care of Kenny. Uh, which, as the episode progresses, becomes almost the dominant dynamic between you two of you having to take care of Kenny, um, which is interesting to think about. But yeah, the day after the power plant campfire, they're still walking and they're getting close to the house. They can see it in the distance. And then all of a sudden, they uh, th- there are walkers behind them. That's bad. Uh, it, That's not great. It's supposed to be too cold for them to keep up their speed, but it doesn't seem to be stopping them really and they need to cross a lake to get to the house uh, it's a how frozen have they lake. not how have they not communicated how walkers work like in the two years 
Well, I think that's that's the problem. They thought it was cold enough. They thought because this does seem to happen with walkers. If it gets cold enough, they slow down. But maybe this is just not exactly cold enough because later we see it gets way colder at a different part uh and this does slow them down so maybe they just thought they were past the threshold and they weren't i don't mm-hmm. think any of them have like an accurate thermometer all the time right uh yeah thermometer stopped working the day after the apocalypse <laughs> of all the time uh, so they're, they're crossing the lake and then all of a sudden uh the walkers start crossing the lake too I think you're led to believe that if everyone kept a steady pace, the lake would not shatter. But people start running because they're afraid of the walkers. Especially, I mean, everyone does, but especially Arvo, which Kenny can't stand. Kenny's not giving Arvo a break for uh, for this. (laughs) And long story short, Luke falls in the lake through the ice. Whoops. Um, Clementine has the option to... Um, listen to what Bonnie is trying to tell her to do, which is to not get closer to uh, Luke because her added weight will like open the hole further and just let mm. Luke get out on his own or to try to help Luke out. Uh, what so, did you do? So here's, here's the thing about this Bonnie choice, okay? Because she's done this, she did this in the last episode too where she puts Clem in like a lot of danger Yeah, without thinking about it you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's this again uh i did not take her advice i don't no i did take her advice because she lived for me she lived for me too and i i did not oh okay yeah then i did not i couldn't remember yeah there's a few possible outcomes can bonnie die from this yes bonnie bonnie can super die from this how does bonnie die from this uh, she tries to save Luke and freezes to death. They get stuck under the ice. Yeah, she falls through. They she both do. falls through the. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. All right. So, yeah. Um, I did help Luke. I actually really like this choice a lot because it it really feels like there's no right answer to it. Oh, okay. Uh, especially th- given the results. <laughs> I think I think I remember how it goes. So like you start to help Luke and then like they realize it's not working and then you get an option to stop. And if you stop, Bonnie will still live, but she'll be very mad at you. Okay. So I think what was happening for me, this, I think was Bonnie was saying, don't help Luke because it'll open it further at the beginning. Um, but then I helped Luke anyway. Bonnie didn't seem to be part of that exchange at all. Um, and then Luke is pulled under by a walker and dies. And eventually, um, Clem gets her way out. But she's like frost frostbitten kind of uh Yeah, Clem Clem's a little messed up. She's, she's very cold. cold. Uh, <laughs> she's probably too cold, I'd wager. Um Yeah, yeah it's not Bonnie a didn't great seem to be a big part of that for me at all. So it's interesting that she can die there. Yeah, she can yeah. she can super die there, so that would leave you with only Mike, Arvo and Kenny. Um Mike Arvo, Kenny, Jane. Jane. Yeah. Yeah, of course Jane. Yeah. So I I did help Luke. Uh, I did... I I guess I didn't really have any reason for it. I could see both of them, like, 
Luke did, was saying, don't come over here. You're just going to make it worse. But Bonnie's like, you won't make it worse. You're light. You're a small child. Okay, so I might have mixed I guess up I what just, Bonnie was saying. I, I don't remember exactly yeah, which one. Yeah, Bonnie, Bonnie wanted to say, Bonnie was telling Clem to go save Luke. Luke was saying, yeah. no, don't. I'll be fine. Yeah, she was once again going, oh, Clem, you're light. You're small. You can Clem, do this. get over there. Go do this. And that's the same thing she did the last episode. And it also put her in danger there. So. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Luke definitely dies here. And I guess Bonnie maybe dies here. Yeah. Uh, so you cross the lake, you get into the house. Uh, you do find out that Arvo is telling the truth. There are, there is food, there are supplies, but Kenny is very mad about the loss of, uh, Luke. I mean, he would be mad no matter what is, I think what we're learning. (laughs) Um, but it's specifically, he's focusing on the loss of Luke and beats the shit out of Arvo. Um, yeah. Despite Arvo being the person that led them to this place of safety and food. Yeah, he thinks Arvo's lying. He's like, uh, he thinks he's lying that in saying there's uh, supplies when there isn't, um, which we find out is not true. Yeah, they get there and there's chili, but also a baby can't eat. What, is, what does Kenny say? How's a, how's a baby supposed to eat fucking chili? One can of chili. What? I mean, he doesn't look to see if there's other cans. Even he, he like <laughs> he sees the can of chili and just knows this won't work. I wish that I wish that they found I wish that they found the can of peaches again and pointed to it and said, "Clem, you look like this." <laughs> they all say it in about unison. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the peach girl, the the girl on the can of peaches that does not look like Clementine that everyone says look like looks like Clementine <laughs> and is maybe a little like. It's like a little race related because this is a white girl um, on the can that really does not look like Clementine. And whenever <laughs> someone says this, Clementine just is like, "Dude, she's like a she's small. Like, is that what is that what you see in me?" <laughs> I guess you could say that to any little girl. Yeah, you, I am. I have eaten one peach once. So yeah, I I think it's only because the girl in the can also had uh, pigtails. I think they're right. trying to say, "Oh, Clementine, you're a real peach." <laughs> well, then we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is this is maybe the climax of everyone in the group saying, "Hey, Clementine, can I talk to you alone for a second? Because you're the player." Um, I'm not okay with Kenny right now. Uh. Kenny, it, it, the the beating up Arvo in this house is uh, probably confirmation for a lot of these characters, but the crossing of the final line for most of them, like, Kenny is not okay to be around right now. Kenny is too angry all the time. Uh, he is dangerous. Uh, we, we can't just take this risk of having him around. We don't have this shared past with him like you do, Clementine, which is, I think, important and why I don't necessarily think it would be great if Krista was here, um, because this is different to me. This idea of all of these people except uh, Clementine have this distance from Kenny in time. They don't know him as well. They've just seen Mm -hmm. this aspect of Kenny for the last uh, few months, weeks, I don't know, um, that Clementine has seen more of. And it, it, that affects her knowledge of this person uh, and, and gives her a much, and you, the player, uh, a, a much uh, more nuanced take on Kenny's anger. 
and Kenny's destructiveness and Ken Kenny's dangerousness that doesn't need to be necessarily in agreement with what the other characters in the game are saying about Kenny. Yeah, they're only seeing the uh, the bad side. While Clem Clementine knows there's good in there, but boy, you can't really get Kenny to show that off, can you? Yeah, well, uh, Kenny is one of the characters himself who asks Clementine if uh, he can have a, a moment alone with him. And for me, that conversation was very, very interesting. I don't know if how, how diff uh, different this can be for player to player. But to me, Kenny... Uh, well, I'm sure this is the same every time. He finds a truck, and he wants to fix it with Clementine. Mm -hmm. And Clementine's first reaction to this can say, like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, you just beat Arvo up. Um, that was bad. That was really bad, Kenny. <laughs> And Let's talk about this for a little bit, Kenny. Basically, yeah, that, that's how it goes down. Uh, and mm -hmm. Kenny can say, I know, I know I pushed too hard. That was wrong and it won't happen again. Clementine... He says, you know I'm not like that. You know I'm not like that. I would never do that again. It was it was a one-time <laughs> thing and I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> he, he really does push that aspect of it. Um, and, and for a, a moment, it's believable. But then he has you working on the car... And he keeps, like, tr changing something around with the, the belt or the battery of the engine or something. And then asking Clementine to turn the key. And every time it doesn't work, I think he, she does it, like, you get to do it three times. Um, every, or maybe just two times. But, like, every time, each time it doesn't work, he gets a lot more angry. And then he eventually just, like, kicks the, the, the hood of the car really hard. And all of a sudden, you're, you're like, back in this situation where you're watching Kenny be very dangerous like he's kicking a car now instead of a person that's an upgrade but uh <laughs> like he had just finished saying that's not me i don't have that problem usually this is a very specific time one time thing i feel bad about it already and then he's just like immediately showing the player and and clementine also if you believe that she is in, in, digesting this lesson about kenny maybe um no i i am dangerous <laughs> i am actually dangerous <laughs> right now um, very interesting moment to take in. Yeah, uh, definitely. That like him being angry about car troubles is not the bleakest thing that happens in this season, but something about him just saying, "No, look, I I apologize. I realized that was bad. I felt bad immediately." But then him saying that and then doing this <clears throat> just feels so gross to me. It I I had goosebumps all over my body i was really I, just from playing it like i'm not in the situation it's not a person i'm kenny's not real i but i really hated that moment i, I mean in a good way it's well written but like yeah. i i was grossed out it's it's a moment that makes you feel very uncomfortable but in a in a good way it's very powerful yeah yeah um one of one of i think the the standout moments of the episode i think um, an understated moment. It, there's no big choices or anything, uh, and there's, it's really just Clementine and Kenny talking. But th there's a there's a real darkness in it that I I'm skeeved out by. Um, <laughs> Andrew, how did that's awesome with your with your different take on Clementine's personality? How did that conversation go? Um, I changed the subject, and we were talking about <laughs> where we would go with the car. Oh, that also comes up for me. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I scolded Kenny much, really. 
I don't think I scolded him because once <clears throat> once he sort of apologized, Clementine has the uh, well. Th- she doesn't have anything else but to drop it because now you're talking about the the physics of the car or where you're gonna go. Um, it, it's revealed that uh, Jane really wants to go back to House because the Carver Group is probably not there anymore, and it's just uh, a structurally sound area. Can we talk about Jane's mm-hmm. conversation a little bit with Clem though? That one's yeah, sure. Interesting to me. Um, the one, the one when they're inside the house. Well, well, sorry, just really, really quick. Kenny. Jane says she wants to go to house, and Kenny says she uh, he wants to go north uh, and, and continue to Wellington. So, like diamet- diametrically opposed directions. You can't go to both. Yeah, uh, uh, okay. I want to. I want to talk about a different thing with this conversation. That right. I don't know. I'm just. I'm trying to just um, finish a thread before we move on. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but yes. So, what is your conversation with Jane? So, for a little bit more context. Uh, Kenny leaves the baby with Jane, briefly. Yes. Um, and Jane is calling the baby it. Okay. Uh, it's crying. It's it's crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I do with it? It, it, it you know. Um, and I think that's, like, a really interesting choice because, like, it's really showing that she is not that interested in this baby. You no. know, like... She has she has no attachment to this baby. This is an object that you know mm-hmm. is in her way, I guess. Yeah, she had to uh I, well she's been saying the whole time even when she was talking with Rebecca at the sort of first half of episode 4, she was asking her very leading questions of like, "Okay, are you going to keep it or like what's going on? You can't really expect to raise a baby in this, right?" Um, mm-hmm. so, so her, her stance on like whether this baby ever should have been introduced into this environment at all, it has been known. Um, and now that the baby exists, she's not going to like, well, yeah, we'll talk she's, about it. <laughs> she's not like suddenly, she's not like suddenly changed her mind about this being a good baby. Yeah. This is, this is well, just, she, it's and- a good, I bet she doesn't think it's a bad baby that <laughs> the baby is not the problem here. The, I mean, the, the problem is that it is a loud baby that needs to be fed. Yeah, it it is mm-hmm. a vacuum for trouble. She, she sees it. She sees it as a problem that needs solved, but also like one that they're stuck with now. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but I do like. Obviously, you should treat like a baby is more important than that. But I do see where Jane's coming from. If you're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, where like any noise can bring a herd of walkers down on you. That puts you in an unsafe situation 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's real. And uh, I, I mean, her concerns have been noted. And at a certain point, the baby's parent was Rebecca and no one else. And Rebecca made the decision. But uh, yeah, the, the baby will make things harder. That's real. Uh, and mm-hmm. And... You should probably not take it out on the baby. You should probably take yeah. it out on Rebecca for making the choice. But yeah, uh, thanks, Rebecca. She's <laughs> yeah, and she's not like actively being mean to the baby. She's just like she doesn't doesn't she care. Doesn't she doesn't care and doesn't yeah. know what to do with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. Thank you for bringing that up. I kind of forgot about that bit. Um. After this, th- there is a fight of. Uh, who wants to go in what direction? I believe pretty much everyone in the group except Kenny is interested in returning to house, especially now that you have this truck. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But Clementine's can, given the decision to to weigh in on this. Um, I I can, said that we should stop fighting about it, but also when given a choice, I said I do think Wellington is a better option than House. Um, I I said Wellington also, but I find it interesting that one of the choices you get like a there's like a pamphlet or something in the car that says Mexico. Yeah, and you can say how about Mexico? Oh yes, I forgot about that. We could we could go anywhere. You know, anywhere, but probably mm-hmm. not Mexico. <laughs> probably not that. Uh, you're going to have a hard time convincing people because there was a pamphlet. I like that idea, though. Just um, th- this idea of like, okay, everything we tried, even a little bit, was bad. So let's just do something that doesn't make any sense and go to a completely <laughs> weird place. Um, I. I just played it, and I don't remember what I said here, but I do know my thoughts on it. Personally, I think it is a better idea for them to go to Howe's. Okay. Like, I'm not I'm not saying it's a better idea to stay at Howe's, but you need stuff for this baby right now. It is, yeah. It's a day's drive to Howe's, and it could be who knows how many days before you get to Wellington. I don't think it's that much of a problem like that big an issue to go to house get supplies you need for this baby and then talk about looking for wellington after because you need you need this stuff like right now for this baby i don't think you necessarily have a good amount of time to be looking for this place that might not even exist like they're not even sure if this is a, a place yeah like Jane, and and that's the thing with Jane, especially because this is this is Jane's plan, and it's like completely logically minded, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like that's Jane, yeah. It's it's like one of those things where like, okay, we have this situation, we have this baby, this object that we need to keep fed, and this is how we would feed it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, yeah. Kenny is thinking of like end goal, like okay, we need to get this baby to a permanent safe place. Yeah. I, I think like most of the harder decisions in Walking Dead episodes, they are they both make sense. Uh, there's there's resources in both of them. Mexico is really the wrong answer, I guess, um, of the three. Because, <laughs> it's, it's, again, it's you have no idea answer. what that is. Um, but, but it, yeah. It's, it's I, the I, let's just get out of here, get somewhere warmer kind of thing, but... At the time I was playing through it, uh, Wellington to me seemed like a very strong answer. I think I would still lean a little bit toward thinking Wellington was right. But now I am I am tainted by the fact that I have seen every episode of this uh, episode. Sorry, I've seen every <laughs> ending to this episode. I looked them all up on YouTube after the fact. I got mm-hmm. my one. And we, we do find out later that Wellington, um, even if everyone went and didn't fight... Which you know ain't gonna happen. Uh, but if everyone went and didn't fight, y- you would not get in. Uh, so it it is a bad call um, to want to go to to Wellington instead of House at this point. But you know that's fine. Uh, you don't know yet, and I, I think that lack of knowledge is is really um, kind of what this choice is about. Both answers are like, hey, we're at the end of our rope, and either thing is unknown. So we gotta just kind of pick one. And go yeah um and you have this truck an automobile at this stage of the apocalypse is incredibly rare especially one that works seemingly well enough to to go 
multiple days in a direction. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, he had, you don't he have had enough to fight with it gas, to get it working, but you do. But Kenny yeah. does eventually get it working. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I think yeah, he, kick, he kicks limited. the car hard enough. <laughs> That's you're limited by <laughs> gas, though, Dustin, which I, I think might talk about why you can't go to house first and then talk about going somewhere else. You might only be able to. No, even even then, I still think House is the better answer because you don't know where Wellington is. Like, it could be multiple days off, and it comes up in conversation. It would take like a day to go back to House. I still think even even considering the gas situation, it's a better idea to go where you know you'll have supplies that you need immediately. Um, Arguing arguing for Wellington also, Clem has an opportunity to bring up Krista here because Clem is still worried about Krista. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is something I kind of want to talk about. Okay. Uh, so this whole season, this is my thing with Krista. Okay. Uh, this whole season, you're able to keep asking about Krista. Uh, like, Oh, where's Krista? Where's Krista? You can do it for like three episodes at the start. And then this one also. <laughs> Um, hey, where's Krista? Yeah, exactly. So it's like that. Um, and then, you know, they they just they just kind of drop it. She's just gone. You never find her, and she's never brought up again. Just yeah, it's, it's just it's just it's, she's just gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I think there's reason. I think there's thematic reason to have her be gone. But I also think that it it, I, it could it, be very frustrating. It really frustrating. does a disservice. It does a disservice to the first season i think i agree i agree with both of you i i think there's pros and cons to i i'm i'm kind of playing it as on the fence lee here uh i think uh there are pros and cons to having krista either in or out of the story it, it just depends on uh which you think uh makes for a stronger narrative for her yeah i I, I think that every character is kind of in service to Clementine at this point, and I think that her absence means more to Clementine. But uh, yeah, um, that that's that's just where I'm coming from. So anyway, let's keep going. Uh, you you all go to sleep, and Clementine wakes up because oh. she hears some noise happening in the backyard. Uh, you're supposed to leave tomorrow. Wherever you're gonna go, you're gonna go tomorrow. Uh, and and uh, Kenny's gonna drive the truck. There are noticeably if you've kept everyone around not enough seats and kenny insists that arvo's not coming with them um and the other group is the the rest of the group is trying to uh convince you to not have kenny with them and kenny is is probably also of a mind to not have jane with them so like this whole there's someone might be left behind uh turns out it's you <laughs> because bonnie and mike and arvo uh especially you've seen mike uh compensate with argo or arvo for the, the whole episode trying to make him feel better after kenny beats him up and stuff uh, mm. the three of them are taking all their supplies and leaving them leaving uh jane and kenny and clementine uh, uh or two of them if, if bonnie's not there right bonnie <laughs> might not be here um, um but it really feels bad when Bonnie does this. Because I understand Arvo, of course, um, has no interest in your survival. <laughs> that Why would he? I uh, mean, it also feels bad when Mike does it because, like... Yeah. Th- he has no reason. He's been nothing but nice to you. And then suddenly he's like, all right, sorry, you know. 
Gotta bail. I do. I do see it though because he's been part of this group. He knows that um, <laughs> if he brings Clementine, Kenny would come after him. Um, I mean, it, Kenny has a chance of coming after them no matter what. Um, but really, Clementine is is that would that would be bad. He has to leave Clementine with with Kenny, and he knows that he's got to get out of there because he doesn't trust Kenny. Um, mm-hmm bonnie hurts that i mean i think that bonnie's been really shitty the whole time uh but still still bonnie it's it's like the way it's like the way that she's shitty in this in this instance is so nasty Mm -hmm. well yeah we didn't even get into how uh bonnie can start treating clementine very differently before this too yeah yeah after after uh, Luke dies, she she is very angry at Clementine for not just doing what she said. I that I that's interesting because that. for me she was very nice to Clementine. Yeah, but I, I have too. I have seen that too. I know just how shitty she is. Yeah, she was like super shitty for me. I think In, well, like uncalled for. You were you were being a dick the whole time. So well, I think no. That well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just it's exclusively that choice on the ice. Yeah, she's mean to you no matter what. But wait, I thought Well, you were just no matter what, not... no matter what in that context. Okay. Like no no matter how you treated her. It just depends on that one choice. Uh yeah, she was yeah. nice to me. Sorry. Yeah, she was nice to me this time. <laughs> but I on Jealous? a past playthrough I have uh gotten on her bad side and she just full yeah, on she, sucks. She was super nasty to me. Mm-hmm. She's super nasty saying like uh <laughs> saying how Clementine should have saved him, she should have risked her life to save Luke. And she boy, she's just a real Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, she is uh again trying to insist that Clementine risk her life for someone else. In this case it's her and Mike and Arvo. Um Arvo pulls a shotgun at clementine uh and then clementine gets a a pistol uh pointed at mike and Mm -hmm. they're at a bit of a standstill at you have an option here to uh ask to leave with mike in the group i don't know what this looks like if you take it because i didn't take that yeah i i haven't either andrew do you know did you ask to leave Uh, with them no i took out the gun (laughs) yeah I know. <laughs> I guess I knew that. Um, but I have something interesting about this part. I, I heard that you had something interesting about this part. Ooh. Um, so, uh, in the very first release of this game, there was a patch that changed how this scene worked. Uh, and apparently... Oh. Uh, you, can, you can find this on YouTube, and you, you could have shot Mike there. You could have actually shot. Wow. So it wow. would have been... Just Arvo stealing the car. And that's like in the earliest release. It got like a day one patch and it, it was gone. But you can still find it on YouTube. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I can see why they'd take it out. I don't think even given player agency, there, there's much narrative conceit for Clementine being able to kill Mike. It's crazy, though, because they actually have like more dialogue for the for the scene after I bet. So like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Like it was, it was fully, it was fully planned out. I mean, it doesn't really change that much because of this, you know, they're they're right. out of the scene after this, but it leads to the same 
outcome anyway. Yeah, I think I agree with the patch, even if it is less content in the game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just it's don't definitely think it an interesting narrative choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're shot. Arvo shoots you straight up, right yeah. in the shoulder or like near the heart. You you pass out. That yeah, shotgun like if sound. If you would have shot like two inches to the to the right, mm-hmm. you would have been dead. That shotgun uh, noise alerts Jane and Kenny, so now everyone's aware of what's going on. Um, but Clementine's passing out and has a dream. Uh, this dream. <laughs> it turns out. It, it turns she's out naked everything. in class. She... <laughs> oh no! My teeth oh, are gone. No. And the test is today. <laughs> I've had the teeth one. I don't like the teeth one. Oh, I, I've never had the teeth one. I've had the, <laughs> the, the test teeth one. A one lot. The teeth one is so stressful. You wake you wake up and sweating. I've yeah. had both teeth and tests. I've <laughs> I've had teeth and tests, but never dreams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all have a different experience. <laughs> so, what happens in the dream is that uh, Clementine wakes up. It's two years earlier. It's this scene in episode three of season one where clementine is just asleep on lee's chest uh having just experienced lily killing either carly or doug and mm-hmm. uh for me it was leaving lily behind but i i know that you don't necessarily have to leave lily behind so i i would love to see that version of the dream uh where lily's still there but i don't know what it looks like I had my game bug out here and say the wrong line. Oh, so, it didn't take your <laughs> save from season one? It did take my save for every other choice except this one. It was like, oh, why did Doug have to die? And it's like, no, Doug didn't die. Shut up, Clem. Doug was oh. already dead. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he died like two episodes ago before that. Interesting. So, so yeah, uh, Clementine like screams waking up and Lee tells her, hey, it's just a dream. It's just a dream. Uh... <clears throat> little did clementine know he was saying that about this instead of what she just experienced but <laughs> that's just rough when that happens um boy and- how how crazy would it have been if it turned out it was all just a dream don't worry clementine <laughs> season two doesn't really exist <laughs> um i i had a moment here where uh the the conversation that lee and clementine have is what they actually would have at the time if it it really were still season one, because uh, mm-hmm. it's about Lily still, and Lily's been gone for forever, um, and it, it's very uh, it, it's it's a very interesting conversation in which Lee continues to explain that like yeah sometimes doing the right thing can hurt people and you still got to do it. Uh, and eventually then uh, Clementine just wakes up. But for the first... Again, this is something that changed after the first couple of days. I really didn't get why that scene was important, why that dream was important. I mm. I think I think one thing uh, for me is that it shows like Clementine's growth as a character because... Absolutely, yeah. Like the, the thing is, that's a question she is not asking anymore. She asked that... In season one, like, you know, she would have been like, oh, why is this happening? Now she knows why it's happening, you know? Yeah. She understands mm-hmm. what's going on. She's seen so many different permutations of this, too. Like, at the time, it's shocking when someone is violent and then has to be left behind or, or put down. Um, 
and then now at this point in season two she's like i've done that to people i i understand that choice um so for her to ask that you're right it does show the the distance that she's come but um i i think what lee says is also very interesting where he's saying you sometimes have to hurt the people you love in order to make the right call and save the people you love um and especially before seeing what the final choice of this season is uh i really had a hard time like what are you why is it important to hear that right now uh i i didn't get it and then as it all came together then i i suddenly got it and is um feels obvious but because i don't i did i remember not getting it i will explain i guess that um (laughs) what you what you have to do at the end of the this episode is um kill or let die someone you love or someone who is on your side and it will feel bad and it is the right thing to do yeah um and definitely so so She's getting one less last uh, lesson from Lee that, in reality, she never actually got from Lee. It came from her. It's her own lesson. It's her dream. Um, but it's like one last thing. She puts it in Lee's mouth so that she can interpret it the way that she's interpreted the other lessons he gave her. Um, right. Even though she is now... I think that dream is the beginning of her real self-sufficiency. Because she's able to pull lessons like that from her subconscious, from herself, in the way that I think the game is arguing adults do, or adults can do, or people who are mature, people who are capable in life, can can do this. They have to make a call themselves, like Lee did all the time in season one. That's why season one's choices work, and season two's choices don't, most of the time. Like, if, if Lee right. picks between two people to save, one of them dies, usually. Um, if mm-hmm. Clementine picks between two people to save, it doesn't even matter. Um, it, like, the, the world around Clementine in Season 2, uh, and, and probably in Season 1 as well, but you don't notice it as much because you're not, you aren't her, uh, it does not respond to her choices. It really doesn't because she's not in a place where she's taking her own advice i think that's Mm -hmm. kind of what the dream is is talking about um and because i i didn't understand that aspect of it until i realized oh that really wasn't lee so anything that she got out of that any lesson she learned she she promoted for herself and that is that is the turning point for the character clementine whether you wanted her to stay sheltered or whether you wanted her to grow up happened now it happened right now Mm. Uh, i also i also think one of the things about uh like clementine in this season is that you don't really get like the same distinction of like this is a major choice that you're making that you did in season one where she like can't like differentiate between like okay this is this is an important choice that is going to drastically drastically like impact the group and this is you know like a you know it's just a little petty squabble you know mm-hmm. it's like it's like you're given the option early on like oh you know like like is nick a good guy or you know is you know or you know is you a good man you you make it you make a <laughs> is he like everyone call, else like oh do you do you shoot you know do you shoot during carver's thing and it's like 
you know, they're, they're asking a, a little girl these questions, which is a little, a little crazy if you think about it. But at the same well, time, sure. it's like, it's like she's being given like a major choice. And it's sometimes hard to understand like that this, this is like a choice that is going to have a ripple effect and drastically change the group dynamic. Well, sometimes it, it very legitimately does not matter. And it's not just like a, a choice that has its effect um, obfuscated it's, or minimized. It really doesn't matter. And well, I, tough, I have reasons for why I think that is the way it is also, but I want to keep going if that's it, all It's right. tough because Clem is a kid because, yeah. you know, people are always constantly totally. talking over her. So, like, she's not always actually making the choice that she thinks she is. Mm-hmm. But I, I have more to say about mm-hmm. that and about the next scene, so... Yeah, I, I mean, once we actually finish the plot of this episode, I, I want to go really into that. Um, but but here's the end game for all of season two, I guess. Um, Clementine wakes up in the backseat of the truck. Um, and you can ask about what happened to Bonnie, Mike, and Arvo. But they aren't there anymore. It, it looks like they just ran away. Uh, and in the front seats of the truck, it's Kenny... Uh, and Jane, and Jane's holding uh, AJ, the baby, Alvin Jr. And as Clementine wakes up, she sort of wakes up in the middle. Uh, like the, I think they briefly ask how she is, but she she wakes up in the middle of a heated argument between Kenny and Jane. Um, and I have here in my notes, um, Jane, calm the hell down. <laughs> uh, uh, Jane, <laughs> uh, I think you mean Jane, stop this crazy thing. uh jane yeah she's really the one pushing kenny jane is very clearly pushing kenny here uh and and some of it seems well well i'll I'll say this i think i at least now agree with almost everything jane's saying it's it's coming from a place of a of a of a weird bias that i don't agree with jane having but the the facts of what she's saying like hey they people are gone because everyone's scared of you uh, people try to leave you because they're scared of you because you're dangerous and shitty, and I, Kenny I, doesn't really I, have that much of a, a retort. I um, think when she goes too far is when she mentions Sarita. Of course, yeah. I mean, like, like she yeah. she's playing with fire on purpose here. Um, mm-hmm. the, the the purpose of what she's going for not exactly completely known. Um, I'm not sure I really get it, um, but. Yeah, she, she's it's pushing. Just, I think it's just all coming out. I, I just think they're both in a shitty spot. I don't think there's any, like, purpose for it other than they're both pissed off and Jane is just letting how she feels out there. Yeah, I think Jane is also just of the group the most uh, able-bodied in terms of, like, hey, if shit hits the fan, I know I'll be fine. Uh, so mm-hmm. she's fine poking the bear because she thinks she can beat the bear. Yeah, well, she thinks she can just, she can leave. If, yeah. if it's not going her way, she will leave. And she's right. I mean, she can. If if she yeah, she, she can just choose to do that. If she asked at that moment, oh, okay, I'm gonna calm down. Hey, Kenny, do you mind if I uh, like duck roll out of the car and you can have the baby? I'll I will I don't care about this. Uh, she would be allowed to, <laughs> and she w- wouldn't. He wouldn't try to kill her, fight her, or anything. Yeah, no, but, he would. He would take Clem and the baby and go. Um. Well, what this leads to is the Kenny drives uh just along the road. And eventually he reaches like a barricade of a bunch of broken down cars that they can't pass through. So uh, Kenny's 
given the option, I think, to... Well, not, the player isn't given any option. But I think Jane says, why don't you just drive around? And Kenny says, nah, these cars might have fuel and I we do need more fuel. So he looks through... Uh, he gets out of the car and starts looking through the the other broken down cars to see if they have any gas he can siphon. Uh, and then Jane says... Well, well, first, at, for, at first they don't do anything, um, but then they hear a gunshot and they see some like walkers come out of the fog. Uh, the fog is very strong right now. It's basically snowing, mm-hmm. and uh, well, because they hear a gunshot, they have to go check out what that was. So uh, Jane, I believe, tries to hijack the car. Tells Clementine to drive. Clementine does not know how to drive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought, and and she's really pushing her. She's like, "What do you don't just sit there drive?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> can, can I back up a tiny bit with this? The the argument they have. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting how they have Clem try to defuse the argument because some of the options are, uh, like, like they're very clearly having their own argument, and Clem is just in the back. Yeah. Um. And so, like, a lot of the options are, like, listen to me, you know, like, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say something and you're, you're, you guys are arguing on your own. And that's, like, another thing that I think uh, really makes this kind of hammers home about some of the agency stuff. Yeah. And, and I think that makes sense to do as well, because just from, just from, like, a, a process design standpoint on this game, you can't let Clementine side with either of them yet. Um, yes, because clearly it's going to get to a place, uh, and that's when it has to be it all coming out. So, like you trying to decide with one of them or the other at this point just doesn't matter. Uh, so don't give them, don't give the player the option. It would just feel bad anyway. I mean, you do get the option at a couple points, but then at the same time they just ignore you. Well, you you get an option that kind of sides with one of them, but like it's not the definitive. It's not the foot down. It's not. Like way yeah, it's like oh, oh, Jane is Jane is slightly right, or Kenny is slightly right. Yeah, like well, I mm. think we should consider. No, no. Or no. I think you're both being dumb. <laughs> you have a gunshot. You're being <laughs> silly. Uh, so you were shot in the shoulder. You don't know what you're saying. So, so the, the the car crashes into the other cars. They're both Jane and Baby and Clementine are all thrown uh, from the vehicle. And you have just a few, like, screens of slowly walking from one side of the screen to the other side of the screen uh, in the snow. You're passing some walkers, and you can shoot them if you like uh, with your pistol, but it doesn't really matter because they're all very, very slow, and you can walk past any of them that you want. Yeah, I only shot one of them just because the screen was so pure white. I I literally could only see one of them. Yeah, I, I think I also only shot one of them. Um, eventually you're led into like, uh, it's like a rest stop kind of thing. And you see Kenny in there and Kenny is like, Oh, thank God, Clementine, you're all right. Where's the baby. And then you see Jane come in through the fog without a baby in her arms. Oh, that's the opposite of what you wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, um, I don't. I don't know if I believed the baby was dead. Um, spoiler, it's not. Uh, it's not actually dead. Um, but I might have thought that something really happened to it. Maybe it was bit uh, and just left outside or, or, or something. Uh, did you believe this at first? 
Did you believe the baby was I, dead? I definitely believed it. I, I believed it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of... I didn't... I, 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 was, I don't know if I believed it. I was on the fence. I wasn't completely sold, is what I'll say, I guess. This, okay, I will say... This was, like, the hardest I have ever, like, debated an ending choice in, in this entire series. So. Well, uh, l- let's let's get to it. Um, Kenny says to Jane, where's the baby? Jane doesn't really explain and says, <laughs> look, it was an accident. And then Kenny rushes out to, like, look around for the baby, doesn't find anything. And while, Kenny, while Kenny's gone, Jane just says, look, whatever happens, stay out of it to Clementine. And Clementine can ask, I think, like, what, what do you mean? But doesn't get her answer back. Um, Kenny comes back, starts calling Jane a baby killer. Um, getting really aggressive. Trying to, to go in for punches. Fighting her. Uh, and Jane makes no attempt to defuse the anger, really. Just starts fighting back. Mm. And this is where the big fight happens. Uh, they're, they're throwing punches. It's very cinematic. You can sometimes get in the middle of them and like push one to the side or push the other to the side, and in so doing, you're trying to you're maybe picking a little bit of like which one you want to help, but then eventually Kenny tackles Jane to the ground and has a knife pointed right into Jane's heart, pushing down as hard as he can, and Jane's just trying to push up against him. And mm-hmm. you're looking with a gun. Do you let Kenny kill Jane? Or do you shoot Kenny and stop Kenny from killing Jane? Uh, can I shamefully say that this is the one choice I ever went back on in like the whole series? Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, if, if you did go back on it, I want to hear that. But I think I want to hear a, a simpler answer first. Dustin, what did you do? I shot Kenny. I felt wow. like it was... I felt like it was the decision to make because I even though even though even though Jane like she came back sans baby Kenny is the mm-hmm. one who's out for blood right now. Jane's not trying to kill Kenny right now. Kenny is trying to make Jane not be alive anymore. So I I just couldn't let this happen. So I went ahead and shot. Kenny just needed to be put down. Andrew, so, you said that you. I initially you did. shot Kenny. Initially, okay. Initially, because given the info, it was like, okay, yes, Kenny is being like way too much. Um, but then once you find out that it's a trick, it was it's like no, Jane like pushed for all this, you know, mm-hmm. like she did this. She instigated mm-hmm. the fight, you know, she she kept pushing his button, she brought up Sarita, you know. Yeah. I I think this is the most I think this is one of the most well-written like decisions you ever have to make because like all all of the choices you can make here are very valid, I think. Mhm. I I killed Kenny and I feel pretty good about it. Same um, but but I do agree that like any choice you can make here, I can see the logic for. I can see the logic. I would I would never undo this. Um, I yeah. I feel very strongly about. I mean, I think it's very interesting that you did, and I see where you're coming from for sure. I, I don't want to minimize that, um, Andrew. But yeah, I 
this this choice uh first off i cried i'll i'll say it um but this choice is what sort of just it all came flooding like ruminating on this choice a, a couple days after i played it and feeling trying to figure out like why did i feel a way about that is is what made me realize what this episode was about every mm-hmm. time the group has said up to this point like hey kenny you got to calm down or takes clementine aside and said you know clement you know kenny's dangerous right it has always felt like you guys don't get it i know kenny i've seen kenny in other situations i know that this is not his whole deal you you don't understand him the way that i understand him and that feels correct until it's put into such stark truth for me at least that kenny's position is as the abusive stepfather and of course it's more visible from the outside the other people aren't mm-hmm. seeing a smaller slice of Kenny. They're seeing more of Kenny that you're blind to because Clementine you had that has, bias. This, has this bias. And it, it's not just that Clementine has it. It's so smart because the player definitely also has it um, mm-hmm. because you've seen Kenny do these things. Kenny was once a loving father. Kenny was once a great friend. And now he isn't. Now, he, he's going to disguise it with the fact that he loves Clementine, which is true. Um, but we're given an, a, a character earlier in the season who is the embodiment of that love and turned out to be foreshadowing this character uh, element of Kenny's, which is Carver. Um, I said before a couple times that this season is all about Carver and having seen the full season... I'm finally able to admit that I was wrong. <laughs> this uh, season is clearly <laughs> about Kenny. Um, I kind of, I kind of do have a thing to say about that, also. Okay. Um. So, like, in a bunch of like early developer stuff, they were talking about how like Kenny was just the Carver in like early drafts. Hmm. Um. Mm. Like, like Kenny just went too far, and you had to like, you know, and he was the villain. Um. And I think the way they changed it is such a smart rework that yeah. agreed. Because like it makes you so much more conflicted than just having like someone you knew be be suddenly bad. It's like no, he's bad, but also like he he isn't trying to be. He's also like really you know struggling with his own mental problems and like issues that you know make him an unhealthy father figure you know seeing this turn on kenny finally gave me some empathy for bonnie that i I did (laughs) not have the whole the whole season because i was trying to think like bonnie you clearly were just uh told to like kill some people by carver and then did it or or like helped them be killed by carver um don't you feel a way about that, Bonnie? <laughs> it, it was annoying the whole time that she was like, oh, I'm just a nice person. But like, yeah, I guess Carver's got a different way of doing things. And like, Yeah, it's it's funny because no. Bonnie has a line in, I, I think it's episode three, or maybe it's episode four. No, I think it's three. She says, uh, I can't help but feel like this is somehow my fault. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, she says that yeah. in like three. And yes, it is Bonnie. Sorry. She, she's Gosh, Bonnie's right? almost like she's it's very obfuscated yeah. to the truth of what's happening. But then you realize like how much have I been protecting Kenny? Um how mm-hmm. how much have I not seen that Kenny's been dangerous and has almost killed someone? How much how close was I to letting him kill Jane? Uh it was a hard call. Um and I almost did, but I I didn't. And Carver has a line, um, I actually remember it from the, um, it's, it's the, like, the, uh, preview of episode three that happens at the end of episode two, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. where he's talking over the intercom and says, now those who can't accept our love may be harder to deal with, but, and then, like, etc. whatever Carver says, um, but like those who can't accept our love is, is it stuck with me because it's a kind of fun, like really arch villainous thing to say, but it really comes out in Kenny. Uh, that's, that's what it is. It's an, it's a form of abuse by overprotection, over love, over pushing, uh, in, imposing his own set of uh, morals and values on others to the point where he does become destructive. And once you see that happen, once you realize Kenny has been abusing you, the player, this entire game, and and you can come to terms with that, even though you do love Kenny, and one of the first options that you're given when you see Kenny is the hug Kenny button, Uh, and I pressed it, absolutely I pressed it, Um, Uh you're given this window into, maybe I know how Bonnie actually was manipulated by Carver. Maybe. I I also I also kind of want to we kind of glossed over uh, a thing um so like earlier when Kenny's like brutalizing Arvo um mm-hmm. if you watch Carver get beaten in uh and then you try to tell him to stop there uh he specifically like turns back and asks Clem like what have you lost your taste for this sort of thing So like yeah like yeah like it's very clearly like building up like yes kenny has gone too far mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i think he says that exact line in in another situation as well have you lost this taste your taste for this sort of thing um which is dark and, and terrible uh yeah it's 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 very bleak yeah um so so carver it is an extreme version of it and foreshadowing the kind of abuse that you will f- see Kenny is capable of later. He's also very similar to Kenny in that he's presented originally as a family first ideologue. Um, like that's Kenny's position throughout all of season one. That's what defines him. When Lee makes family related decisions, Kenny gets it. And when Lee makes family or antagonistic decisions, Lee or Kenny, uh, sorry, when Lee does that, Kenny gets pissed because uh, he, he's always thinking about family first and then Carver is, is that totally like hey this is I'm I'm literally causing these deaths right now I'm killing these people because I believe there might be a family member I need to get and it turns out right. that that family member Carver wanted to get so much ends up in Kenny's hands uh, because Kenny wanted that kid as well even though he didn't think it was his he wanted to he wanted a kid uh, and th- that's that's what it comes down to every time for me when I think about like how many times if I were playing that again 
Would I let Jane die? Like, I think I'd never let Jane die. I don't think I can do it. And the game is so reluctant to ever tell you you made a good or bad choice, right? For good reason. The the, the game doesn't want to make it seem like well, you're taking a test. Uh, I don't know, though, because if you, when you shoot Kenny, he says, he well, does yeah. say, you, you made the right choice. I am, you know. <laughs> you, the player, made the correct choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'm getting at. There, there's, uh, I, I watched all the endings, and there's two of them in which that comes out. It's the one in which mm-hmm. you uh, choose to shoot Kenny before Jane can die, uh, and by, thereby saving Jane. And Kenny goes, you did what you had to do, Clementine. You made the right choice. And that, f- it, it, it hits you like a ton of bricks. Telltale will never tell you you made the right choice. Telltale will say Clementine will remember. Or mm-hmm. Kenny will remember this. Um, and, and a lot of the time, the choice doesn't matter, right? Uh, I, I was thinking about how many different choices this season. I went back through my notes, Dustin, uh, to look, like, how many times did we talk about a choice that didn't matter? And, like, why was that one of the major choices? I think I cracked it a little bit. I think I understand why. And it's actually really smart if I'm right. Um, okay. I'm, I might not be. Go, go ahead. <laughs> I very might much might not be. But... Um, Comforting the baby when the baby's born. That can't matter, right? That was a major choice at the end. It, it had a percentage. Um, mm-hmm. Watching Carver die. It, I mean, clearly heavy, but it didn't end up having consequence. Um, Sarita's arm, like whether you cut off Sarita's arm or cut the, the zombie's head, it felt like it had consequence, but it actually ended up not. Sarita was going to die and no one else died. Like, it, that was... That was already destined to happen. There's so many other things. Do you save Pete or Nick? Either way, Nick lives and Pete dies. Do you do... How many other things that can you do in this uh, season that don't matter at all? It really starts to feel different if you think about... Wait, Clementine doesn't care about these things. Kenny does. All of those questions, like, are you comforting the baby? Are you inviting this into your world? Are you taking his side in an argument? Are you going to watch him kill Carver? Are you going to kill his uh, his fiance or whatever? I don't know. I, I default to calling her fiance. I, I don't know what... Girlfriend. Are you going to kill yeah. his girlfriend? None of that matters to Clem, Clementine. And all of it matters, matters to Kenny. That's why we keep seeing it show up. Because it's a gesture of loyalty to your abuser. Um, mm. and I think that's kind of what the, the, those choices are, are, are trying to say a little bit. They're, they're trying to say like, when you're put into a situation like this, it won't matter what you do because a loss of agency is a form of abuse. And that's the, the world has taken away your destiny and you will feel shitty about it and small and, and it will haunt you probably. But you did make choices and what were you trying to do your your choices were either acts of rebellion against or acts of support for the very source of abuse in the first place um interesting and that when when i thought about that my heart sunk a little bit and i it made me real sad <laughs> um but it did it did make me rethink a lot of the things that we've been saying of like Man, none of these choices matter. What a dumb game. It's like, well, maybe maybe it had something going on. I don't know. 
There's a it's, little more to it than you thought there was. But yeah. it's all—it's also tough though because I feel like that's also really heavily influenced by the ending that you actually got. Okay. Because, so okay, I let Keddy live, right? The, and, the the first time, right? Or the second? Well, time? Well, no, the the second time when I when I when I went back on it, you know, knowing that it was Jane's trick, and it's it's a tough <laughs> one. Yeah, Her Jane, Jane's. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so. I don't know if we want to go into like the endings themselves yet, but um, no, like yeah, let's do it. Okay, do you want mine first, or do you want? Yeah, so you, your your final ending, I guess you um, you let Kenny kill Jane. Kenny Kenny live yeah Kenny lives and Jane dies, but then they find out they were tricked, right? It was just trying to rile him up. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you actually genuinely get to see Kenny, like, become a dad again and, like, move on past the loss a little bit. Like, he's, run, you know, uh, when you're going to Wellington, he's, like, running up a hill and, like, he's excited. He's like, oh, you know, race me, Clem, you know. And he's like, you know, he has genuinely, like, attained some growth in, you know, fulfilling some of his purpose and getting them, like, where they need to go and, you know... So it's it was it becomes really tough because then you know like like he was just he was going through a really rough patch and also he was being pressured by an outside source to like you know to to basically like move on and cope before he's ready to do so um and it becomes tougher to make that call because so basically they get to they get to Wellington um and they're like, well, first you can ask about Krista again. And they're like, oh, we ain't seen Krista. We there's not a Krista here. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, yeah that, that, that pissed me off, but whatever. Um, and, and then they're like, oh, we don't, we don't really have room. They, like, throw some supplies at you and tell you, you know, come back in a couple months. Right. And Kenny, Kenny's like, no, you know, I can take, you got to take these kids. Like these these kids are everything. They're so important to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like he like does a, a like a highly selfless act, you know. Um. And it's tough because in that moment I'm like, no, I can't like deny Kenny like fatherhood, even after like all that just happened, you know. Like he's he's finally able to get closure after he's been through so much, you know. So like I I do think like the Wellington ending where you, you stay with Kenny, you know, is a different sort of resolution on the abusive relationship where you know it's like he acknowledges like okay I you know I'm he even specifically says like oh I'm not I'm not fit to take care of these kids you know but you can give them a good home here at Wellington. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like. That comes with that realization that he needs to be better, you know, and so I think I think there's like a there's like a a sort of I don't, like not justifying the abuse because like he he even he acknowledges like okay I went way too far, you know, but I'm but he's trying to be better and he's doing like what's best for the kids and you know that's why I kind of went with Kenny at the ending. So, oh, and so uh, after. 
after the conversation, you decide to I, just I walk away. To you s- all walk away. Yes, we all walked away together. Yeah, I don't know. I saw that ending and I had a pretty different read on it. Uh, I I do think that it's it's nice. It's like the only happy ending, um, where you get a sense that uh, AJ's life is probably going to be good and. You have some, like, you've agreed to have some happiness in your life with the, your relationship with this other person. Dustin, what do you think about this ending? The the kind of most happy um, ending. About this specific one where you find Wellington, but you decide to stay with Kenny? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's not my favorite favorite but only because i think the option to not go with kenny is the best ending you think that your favorite is kenny lives takes you with him to wellington but then you do go to wellington and leave him behind yeah the best one i that's my favorite at least i think that one's the most fulfilling ending is uh you decide to stay at wellington you all decide that that's for the best um but that being said, I don't feel right getting that ending because I don't let Kenny live. Yeah. I, I, even though I think that is the best outcome, I just can't bring myself to get it. So so to go uh, circle back to what we were saying before about Telltale saying certain endings are the best ending through Kenny's dialogue, which they never ever do for anything else. Uh, when you shoot Kenny, Kenny says, you did the right thing. Um, but if you let him live... And then you decide, hey, you know what? I'm leaving on my own without you. He'll, he will also say, you're making the right choice. I get it. Um, so verbal verbal confirmation, you're making the right choice if you leave Kenny behind. Uh, despite the fact that Andrew, I think Andrew's onto something for sure. Where like having that moment where, where Kenny gets to feel like a fulfilled father doing the thing he wanted to do the whole time is is emotionally fulfilling on its on its own in its own right Mm -hmm. um yeah i i really struggle with thinking either of the kenny endings are great um partially because of what you were saying dustin about uh wanting to kill kenny instead of jane at that moment um but also like th- thinking thinking of everything Jane was saying to Kenny in the car when Jane was riling him up she was saying like you love the baby cuz he can't talk back you love Clementine cuz she doesn't and y- you love yourself because well you hate yourself really like just everything that he, uh she's saying about Clementine or or sorry that she's saying about Kenny comes to a head and it feels very real and i see what happens after this uh killing jane in in this moment where he gets to be a father where like he's trying to have fun with clementine they're racing he makes a sacrifice for clementine i i think he's he's able to be happy and cool because he got his way uh i like we we were just given a scene earlier in this episode where he seemed very genuine about apologizing and uh, saying like no it was just a one time thing I'm not doing this with the car when him when he was fixing the car and then like we immediately see him double back on it 
He said he wouldn't try to kill anyone ever again, like he killed Arvo, and then immediately tried to kill Jane again. Like, I've seen him lie about this multiple times. I shouldn't view a happy ending with Kenny as happy, even if Clementine feels that it is. Um, it's it's tough, though, because, like, that does kind of ignore that Jane, like... Jane has been pushing his buttons since, like... Mm-hmm. before the cabin basically yeah jane's not immune to criticism here jane like she yeah. yeah she has in like even though things have been escalating like jane jane didn't help matters at all with how she acted with kenny and it's it's really tough because like her approach to showing clem the abuse was also like similarly like manipulative Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, yeah. she wasn't, she wasn't like, you know, uh, she wasn't dangerous like physically, but she was emotionally manipulating them. Yeah, well, you have, you do have the option to, regardless of which one you let die or kill, you have the option of going it alone. You can also shoot Kenny after shooting after he kills Jane. Yeah, I, for, I totally forgot that is about an option. that. One. I'm, that I'm one a little confused about that option. I kind of don't know why. You're allowed to do that. Um. <laughs> it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, you just saw him kill somebody, so yeah. But I I definitely think it should be an option, but I don't know if it's like a commonly picked one. Yeah, I, I bet it's a pretty rare one because uh, I I just think like mm. if you're not going to kill him to stop the murder, why would you kill him to not stop a murder? Like, why would you kill him for no reason? <laughs> I mean, not no reason. He's clearly guilty of a murder, but, like... Yeah. I, I can I can get it. I, I, I kind of get it. Seeing seeing Kenny actually commit the murder could be what uh, triggers Clementine to be like, all right, this guy, nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, I will say I didn't, I didn't immediately forgive, because uh, whatever happens, you have to forgive the person. Either Kenny for killing Jane... Or Jane for tricking Kenny and causing this death. You you either forgive them or not. And if you don't forgive them, you get the same ending as if you let both of them die. Which is uh, Clementine alone in a field with AJ. Uh, and then she just very slowly and carefully covers herself in walking, walker guts like she's done many times before. And just walks in between them with barely an expression on her face. Which is dire and sour, but honestly maybe not a bad ending it's not the one i got um the... it is the one i got okay so you so you killed kenny and then did not forgive jane yeah i i i told jane you're fucking crazy yeah and i had uh, jane's not jane's also someone that clem shouldn't be with like what jane did i feel like is an unforgivable thing that ended up getting kenny killed so mm-hmm. For me, the right the ending I went with. This is also the ending I got uh, the first time I played through. Um, I yeah, I killed Kenny and then did not go with Jane, so Clem and AJ are alone. Yeah, and I think just in terms of how the ending plays out, I don't feel. I I still think the one where they get to Wellington and Kenny leaves them at Wellington. That one feels like the best ending it at least just from like what happens what's being said 
just the way it's done. Just because this ending, you don't get any of that. You don't get any dialogue or anything like that. The other scenes go on way longer. This one's over immediately, but it just feels like the one I have to do. Mm-hmm. So another thing that I want to kind of point out, and it makes me feel a little less bad about going back on my choice, is that Adam also wanted to go back on his choice and didn't. Adam always goes back a lot, but no. most of it is because he's not paying attention. Well, yeah, most of no, he was. He most was, of it's just him missing things. He was fully, he was fully invested in paying attention at this ending, and mm-hmm. well, of course, and he was, he was very conflicted after he found out it was a trick. So, what did he do first? He shot Kenny, and, and then, then he, he also wanted to go to Wellington. Well, he he shot, so he shot Kenny and. Once he found out it was a trick, he paused the game and, you know, we were kind of talking about it. Like, okay. He, he contemplated going wow. back. Yeah, like he, he contemplated going back and he didn't he didn't go back, but he still, he wants to replay it and go back and see the other endings now. Because okay. he was like that conflicted about it. Has he played Which, season three yet? No. Okay, okay. So, he, so he's, he's still at this point. Gotcha. Yes. So, so he, do, he does not know what happens with these endings in season three. So. so I have the third skew of ending. So so let me tell you about it. Um, I kill Kenny. Then I find out that it was a it was a Jane trick the whole time. <laughs> Jane's one of Jane's <laughs> one of Jane's little antics. manipulations. For a while, yeah. Um, and and I'm of a lot of minds about it. At first, the, the the first you know like immediate reception to the playthrough, in in the moment, I was very mad at Jane. wasn't really gonna forgive her, but I also felt like, com- in comparison to Kenny, I'm I have been, I have been thoroughly convinced Kenny was a problem. Uh, so I I don't feel, I mean I feel of course I feel bad and terrible about letting Kenny die or or killing Kenny outright. I made that choice. It's a hard choice. Um, but I still like, I don't know whether this was good or bad to do Jane. Um, because clearly she, she led this into a climax. It, it didn't, if it didn't, if it wasn't going to get there eventually, it, it would have at least gotten there at some, how, how do I say this? It, it might not have been soon, but it seemed to be approaching it at some point in the future where like, Hey, Kenny's really actually very dangerous. Um, and there's no, there's no cure uh, it's not going to get good. So I, I felt fine with that. But seeing that Jane purposefully manipulated Kenny into um, having Clementine kill Kenny, uh, I agree with with uh, both of you, it is, is awful. But I also kind of see, like, if everyone else realized Kenny was abusive before I or Clementine did then it must have been super clear to Jane. And she actually was really doing this for Clementine. Uh, and maybe we can at least talk it out later about like, okay, don't do that specific tactic with me again. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's tough though, because like, so in the previous episode, like Jane is doing like a lot of stupid shit um, that, that like kind of puts the whole group in danger and is, yeah. is very selfish. Um, and then here, you know, she's she's kind of doing that again, where it's like, okay, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let Clementine know what I'm doing, you know, I'm gonna, yeah, 
Yeah. It's 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 really tough because, you know, she she has a pattern of also being bad, nasty. Like if you're paying attention, like no oh, one's sitting sure. there no one's sitting there and going, Oh, Jane, she's like, you know, she's dangerous, but they are sitting there going, you know, I don't know she's coming back. I I think she's just gonna leave and be gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jane, Jane is not dangerous to Clementine or the people around her, really. She is uh, neglectful, and that's bad. Um, but it's it's a different kind of bad, and you got to treat it with a different tool set. And my, my read on this was that it, it, it felt like a coming around moment for Jane in that she did not have to do this. She could have just left for real and seemed to want to. But... Clementine and AJ maybe needed to be removed from this source of danger, so she took this risk. And it's not for that reason that I forgave her, because, here's the, here's the twist with my playthrough, I didn't. Um, Ooh. I, was give, I was on the screen of, like, do I press the one button to forgive her or not, and I was so paralyzed by choice that my time ran out, and Clementine didn't say anything, which is taken as passive forgiveness Mm. and does result in the Clementine with Jane ending, which at first I was like, damn, I should have picked something. But the more I think about it, the more I'm realizing, like, hey, I'm going to continue staying with you for, like, group survival, and, you know, I'm not just going to for no reason let you die, does kind of ring true to me. Uh, I'm not. I'm yeah, not expressly I, forgiving you, but like I kind of, there's something to this not saying anything, bit. There, I kind of felt the same after. Like I, I stuck with my choice, but afterwards I was thinking it's probably a good idea to stay with Jane, just because being with someone you don't like is still better than being like alone all by yourself. Yeah. Like going with Jane back to house a place with uh supplies things to survive that is a very smart pick. It's, yeah it's tough because like her her plan does make sense but kenny's also you know it's like kenny does get you there you know he gets you to wellington mm-hmm. oh i mean just the plan of where to go i mean yeah they, they both end up working um but yeah it's such a it's such a tough call that's why I feel pretty good about uh, just about all of these endings. Like, all of them kind of make sense from a uh, a point of view. I, I personally, and and I, I'm not trying to rag on your choice, Andrew. I, I totally get where you're coming from, but I, I can't, I can't really get in the headspace of thinking the Kenny endings are great. Um, I mean, I I think there's there's a lot of upsides to them, but. Um, yeah, I get. I'm just maybe I'm just being a little stubborn with it, but like I, I do for the sake of the podcast. Uh, let's talk about what happens with the Jane endings. Uh, mm-hmm. so you go to, back to house. It's you and Jane. Um, it kind of the the episode kind of treats it like well, you had to have forgiven Jane to get here, right? Uh, so not saying anything is almost like a secret loophole that, again, the more I think about it, the more I'm into uh, having accidentally kind of stumbled into um and there's a you you get there and you see carver's still dead messed up body uh i guess the walkers didn't want it i don't know what they're feeding (laughs) i I wouldn't want it did you see it 
It was gross, but also the walkers are gross. Like, they do that to a face, but I guess they don't want to pre-chewed food or whatever. A walker looking over at Carver and being like, ew, no thank I love brains, but this is a little much. Mm. I'll eat this Reggie guy instead. A little gruesome. (laughs) Um... So so you start fixing up like the walls and stuff. There's no one around anymore and there is a, a lot of supplies. Um and eventually you're you're just holding baby AJ and and Jane is there and a family uh comes to the to the like gate. It's uh just two parents, a, a mom and a dad and a kid. Kid is about Clementine's age, maybe a little younger. And they say, "Hey, we're we're just fan, we're just a family. We're just traveling through. We need uh, we need some help. We need a place to stay. Can we please stay here with you? It looks like you've got a pretty good setup here and some excess food and supplies and stuff." And Jane tells you to not let them stay. Um, and you do have a gun, so if you're given the choice of letting them stay or not, Jane is deferring to your judgment uh, and letting you actually choose. Uh, you can say no and point a gun at them and they start walking away at which point you realize that uh, like the dad was sort of like scratching his back the whole time but as he's walking away you realize he might have been kind of just reaching to have his hand close to his pistol because his pistol was Mm -hmm. tucked in the back of his pants which maybe makes you feel like you made a good decision Um, and I think there's some lines exchanged there of the dad saying like what if we're dangerous and Clementine says what if I'm dangerous which feels badass (laughs) um ever think about that one that is not the one i did i let the family in um and if you let the family in you see the the dad and mom like walking past jane and clem into the main body of the store the mom even gives jane a big hug which is kind of like jane can't handle a hug uh kind of kind of comedy there and then you again see the gun in the dad's pants you realize ooh, did i make the are they dangerous you're not given an answer to that question and then the kid uh, just sort of talks to Clementine while well, Clementine's looking down at the baby. And the kid says, uh, hey, cool hat. And Clementine says, uh, yeah, thanks. And that's the end of my season two? <laughs> cool hat, yeah, thanks? <laughs> All right. I mean, I like the path getting here, but an interesting choice of last lines. <laughs> cool hat. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's season two of The Walking Dead crazy stuff it had its highs it had its lows it had its creamy middle yeah i like that each uh, i mean i guess there's a lot of different there's like seven different endings if you think about how to get there but like three main classes you are with kenny at wellington you are alone in a field you are with jane at house and Uh, each one of the three of us it's more like four branches because leaving uh being left at wellington also is resulting in a different yeah well technically taking the family in or not at house also is a different one so yeah both both of those kind of have us another yeah kind of twist three families have. of endings a lot of different specific endings uh, mm-hmm. but yeah a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about there um i guess now that we've covered the whole plot do we want to go back and cover anything else um i have one thing i wanted to say i didn't feel right interjecting because sure. it's not important well then but, i'm um, still apprehensive about it but let's go <laughs> one thing i thought was kind of funny so after you're talking with uh kenny at the truck well actually this does tie into something i wanted to bring up just in general 
Um, well, I guess I kind of already did. Dustin, but after see you're it. talking to Kenny, <laughs> after you're talking to Kenny at, at when he's fix, fixing the truck, you can talk to Bonnie on the way back in to uh, see Jane. Mm-hmm. And this is where your how she feels about you can really change. Because either she's nice to you here and offers you a smoke, or she can be the biggest jackass in the world to Clementine. She offers me a smoke. smoke. Yeah, she offered me a smoke too, but I the first time I played, I did get the ending where she is just the worst here. She does not give you like any leeway. Yeah, the she's first time like, I played, hey, she, Clem, I she, she was very similar for me. Yeah. What does she, she say? She was... Yeah. Doesn't she say something kind of similar to uh, what Kenny says in the previous episode? She's like, just because you're a little girl, you think you can't, uh, you think yeah. uh, you can't be responsible for people getting killed. And it's like she's eleven. Also, it was the ice. Like, uh, reserve that yeah, for when stupid? it's my fault. For real, you can't, you can't blame me for yeah, nature. You... He had a stupid leg, and it, and uh, he wasn't looking good or whatever. Uh, yeah, he looked like crap. Is what I told him. Yeah, yeah, um, but. One thing I also liked about this was, uh, I just thought it was a funny delivery. Bonnie says, I'm going to go take a piss. Yeah. <laughs> that that happens regardless. <laughs> she just leaves. Um, and then yeah. she does. You yeah. See it. She made that choice. So, <laughs> did, you wa- did you want to? Well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, that, that's very interesting with Bonnie, because I think, really every character of import in this uh, season is is reflective of some kind of abuse. We were talking a bit about how Bonnie is a fellow survivor of abuse, just like uh, Clementine, although maybe she uh, she took it a lot further and is perpetually uh, perpetuating a cycle of, of violence and a cycle of abuse rather than trying to see it for what it was at her level and ending it. Mm-hmm. from spreading to more people because it, it does in the uh in in what the sh- the game is trying to say about it it does seem to be an infectious disease abuse uh much like zombieism i suppose where we really are the we walking really dead. are the walking dead <laughs> <laughs> uh so so carver was clearly like the chief abuser the most obvious abuser they give you carver so that when it's a little more subtle, you have the tools to realize, oh, maybe I've seen this before. Um, because Kenny Kenny is doing it by the end of the, the episode, depending on your interpretation of Jane's actions. Maybe Jane's doing it. I think, much like Telltale kind of telling you, you made the right choice, Clem, when you kill uh, Kenny. I I think that... Yeah, it is. It is the right choice to to see something in Kenny of of, of abuse. Almost, mm, I mean, I guess I can be convinced. Depending on, is, on how the other the other endings, it's not like you don't see it. Yeah, you know, it's it's it, like even he's acknowledging it. Like, okay, I I really screwed up this time, but also, you know, I you know he genuinely does. Like if you're if you're thinking about it logically, right? Like, you need someone who's who can care for the baby. You know, mm-hmm. and this is someone who cares about the baby more than anything in the world. Like this is someone who would kill for this baby because he did kill for this baby. Well, you know? yeah, and Jane wouldn't question. Do you need someone to care for the baby? Not in in the sense of letting the baby go, but. 
Clementine is pretty capable at this point. She's she's pretty capable, but she is she is eleven. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a brand new situation. I I really don't think Clementine could take care of this baby. It's it's very tough because it's like you know she has no one else, and she's you know she's still like she she's obviously more prepared for the world than another eleven year old would be. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean but, her her eleven is like a normal person seventeen or eighteen at this point in terms of how fast she's had to learn in the last two years, right? Yeah. But that um, doesn't mean mm-hmm. she's actually that age. She just has to act older and it's very it's tough because, you know, it can give the illusion that she's more prepared than she is. Well, yeah, also seventeen and eighteen year old mothers have a pretty hard time in real life. So it's that's not saying like you're all the yeah. way there. But it she has more tools than, than normal. Um I I I think that you're right, and and it's hard to not think of her as an 11 year old as we are men in our 20s. Um, but like she doesn't think of herself as an 11 year old, you know. Uh, with with her skill set, she probably can take care of this baby, and she's not going to think of herself as less capable. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's it's tough though because like like okay if you're if you're going with the Jane ending right, so like. Jane still Jane was calling the baby an it like fifteen minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. Like Jane Jane does not care for this baby. Jane will let this baby die. Jane will let Clementine die if you know, if Jane is in danger. I'm not convinced Jane would let the baby die. In, like given I feel like now she wouldn't let the baby die. I, I do feel like if Kenny and Clementine were there, she would be fine with like leaving. She'd be like, "All right, this baby's your problem." But now that it's just her and Clementine, now I'm sure she would never. I'm not, let I'm this not baby so sure now. though, because earlier, you know, I mean, Sarah was helpless in her situation both times, and Jane, Jane was like, you know, resigned to it. <laughs> we gotta go. She's yeah, done. She's for. done for. She's 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 done. So we got we are more important than her. I think there's a difference between someone who is actively trying to stay put and a baby who would like to live if it knew about the whole system of life and death. Yeah. Yeah, because the that's the whole thing with uh Janie. She was saying she didn't want to go, I couldn't make her. It's the same with Sarah, but this is this baby uh doesn't really get to make that. You can call. make a baby be whatever. That's the thing about babies. That's why people secretly <laughs> can, want to be parents. You, you can, can just do anything. You can make Sarah be a baby also. And Yeah. And Clem mm. does call her a baby. <laughs> mm. I said yeah out of instinct, but I don't know. <laughs> Some, something that I've really been thinking about in this conversation. Um, when we started discussing the endings, I was saying that I felt like all of these were good endings. Like I felt I could feel pretty strongly about any of them. But I think the more I think about it, I think the only reason I say that is because none of them are ideal endings. Like they're all I mean, obviously, equally, they all have a pro and con to it. Yeah. None of these are like a perfect situation. And I, I think in terms of gameplay, it's their good endings. Like I, I feel I, I feel like all of them are uh, pretty strong. But in the context of the story, none of these are really good. Outcomes. Oh, yeah. Like none of them are happy. You know, yeah. you 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 are sad in every one of these endings, except I, like mm-hmm. kind of one, except Jane's dead and you're sad about it. 
Yeah, even even going with Kenny, like that's still there's still that issue. I wouldn't. It's an uplifting. Even if I chose to let Kenny live, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely like uplifting. them being together. It's it's the one ending with yeah. like any sort of hope to it, but it's also like tough yeah. because you know that Kenny isn't perfect. Like you, yeah, I still I still wouldn't have felt good about that decision letting him kill Jane. So even if that's a, a quote unquote happy uplifting ending, I still don't feel good about getting. I that. think and I believe in Dustin's ending the most. Uh, and just staying, not going, not, with not going with either, regardless of how you get there, what, maybe they both die. Maybe one dies and you don't forgive them. Maybe the other dies and you don't forgive them. There's like three ways to get there. Right. Um, yeah. and any of those ways, I just don't, I don't think that I hate what that's saying. I, I think what that says is like, there, there is recognition of abuse and a choice to not perpetuate it and be part of that cycle anymore and yeah but even even then like i feel pretty strongly about that ending but that's still not like a good situation no of course not clementine yeah definitely i i like that about it um that you don't necessarily even if you feel like this is the right move to make there's so many factors that say it it doesn't have it's not necessarily a great decision yeah like you're on your own without supplies you don't know where you're going honestly thinking about it this in terms of practicality might still be the worst ending like you're going on your own into the unknown but yeah it just felt like the right one to go with for me well i I think there's some hope in that ending that i that i see um because with the like like andrew you're you're saying the kenny endings have the most hope and i i think that's probably a fair read uh but the the alone ending also has this hope of like that's that's the strongest maybe best clementine that's the clementine that could raise this baby the most i mean like not from a practicality which is good because she's gonna have to yeah she's gonna have to uh because she has neglected to leave it behind a rock somewhere and just walk away um as would be the easiest way to deal with having a baby in this situation yeah um i did want to talk about one other thing before we head on to our segments uh just just one bit and i wanted to talk about agency we we said we were going to talk about it more um i I think we talked a lot about abuse a lot about different characters different survival methods practicality but agency is a big thing here because the mechanic in which you interact with the game is choices. Sometimes there's QTEs, sometimes there's walking around picking up Confederate coats. But basically <laughs> it's dialogue choices. Choosing one thing over another is the the bread and butter of what makes a Walking Dead game work. And mm-hmm. for so much of this season, you're not allowed to choose. You, you can, you're give, you'll do a choice, but it won't matter. Uh, you can't do the thing you want to do. And um, I'm I'm gonna posit a question for the group here: Is choice and being able to enact your choice this game's version of showing adulthood? Um, interesting. I I do because we never had this problem. I do think part. Okay, so one of the things is. Like, if you're looking back at Clementine specifically in Season 1, she has zero agency. Like, 
Sure. Like she was, she says, okay, I want to go find my parents. I want to do this. I want to do that. And Lee is like, no, no, Clem, this makes more sense. But she does you know? leave. Well, she leaves on her own, but you know, that's not, you know, she, I mean, she had the ability, but if, if Lee had had his way, she would not have that agency. But with Kenny, I think they would have looked at for her parents, you know, because he's, it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting like thing because even though Kenny is like a terrible parent in in season two, um, he he does do something that Lee doesn't and gives Clem choices. Like he asks Clem, uh, "Should I shoot?" And you know he actually like takes her her thoughts into consideration and you know it's. It's an interesting twist on it because, like, I think in some ways Kenny does see Clem as an adult, but then in other ways he doesn't. Um, and the difference in agency from the start of the season when you're with a completely different group that doesn't know you versus someone who does know you and also, like, respects you is kind of an interesting, like, yeah. Uh, wrench in it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would push back. I, I, I'm not entirely sure Kenny would go with Clementine to find her parents. I mean, I, I think I think that he would. I do. I, I agree that he would do it. But I don't know if he would do it because he's taking her thoughts into consideration. I think he would do it because he's into family. Um, because... I I don't believe there's a version of just Kenny and AJ and Clementine getting out of this situation, having killed Jane, in which Clementine can convince Kenny, okay, how was the right call, though? Like, I don't think he would go. I, I think he would force that choice absolutely. I don't think he'd listen to her. It's It's a tough call because, like... Like, yeah, I think he would. The thing is, from my perspective, Clementine would want to go to Wellington, you know, because that's where her, that's where her and Crystal were going to begin with. You know, like they've mm-hmm. they've had this plan and, you know, like, wasn't it Clem that introduced Wellington to him? Uh, Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. Cause I don't if, remember. Cause it's been so long. I, it's I'm been years. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was because, you know, he, like, he meets up with her and, you know, they were comfortable at this lodge. They would have stayed at this lodge if they could have. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, that was Bonnie's fault. But the thing is, like, if, if Wellington was Clem's plan to begin with and Kenny is following it, in a way, he kind of is taking what they were doing into consideration. Well, I, I think there's... I think there's new evidence to suggest that Howes is a is as good of a thought as Wellington, if not better. Um, that Clementine can change her mind if you, the player, decide it for her. It's always your choice, the player. Um, and, and how much respect you're given depends on your in-game avatar. In, in this case, I think. Um, because w- when, you're, when you're starting Season 2, you're put in the perspective of like watching clementine take care of yourself and you're so used to this idea because you were taking care of her for five episodes 
already, right? You were mm-hmm. Lee. You were Lee, and Lee was Clementine's guardian. So as you're watching through uh, season two, I was like getting in the habit of looking at Krista and saying like, "Okay, are you the new Lee?" Or Luke, like, "Okay, are you the new Lee?" Or then finally, it really solidified as Kenny, "Are you the new Lee?" And there are certain endings uh, where it feels like Jane or Lee. Or sorry, Jane or Kenny, in effect, are the new Lee. But other endings that make it known, even if they are with Kenny or Jane. um, No, Clementine's new Lee is Clementine. Uh, even, Even if she's not alone, that's what she's been able to do for herself. And I think that's maybe the most empowering aspect, the most hopeful aspect of season two of uh not full maturity because she is still an 11 year old she won't mm-hmm. she, she uh referring to luke and jane having sex clementine said you know kissing stuff i know about that kissing and it, it's, stuff. it's like a stark reminder of like oh yeah because you might be old enough to know about that in real life but you wouldn't have been in social situations where it was talked about ever so you don't know about that that's that's so interesting there's so many things that are going to keep her development stunted like that because of her surroundings but still she is her she is the new lee for herself at this point mm-hmm. uh, in in most of the endings of season two and i think most of the ways to hammer home this this idea even if she's going with actually i'll say all endings of season two because even if she's going with kenny it's a choice that she really gets to make. It's not a fake choice. And every fake yeah, choice is like... Yeah, because Kenny's trying to get her to stay. Yeah, and she yeah. she gets to make the choice twice also because once she gets to Wellington, you know, that's completely her call. She could well, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I, the, other, the other thing is also like Jane gives Clem 100% agency, but also in her case, it's not necessarily a good thing because... It's like, it's like she's giving her the option. She's like giving her all this info of like, okay, this is the logical solution, but it's also like super heartless. Uh huh. Yeah. And well, Clementine's not really ready to be heartless. I think even if you play her like a dick. Oh, um, no. Like she, even at, even at her worst, she's more just like, you know, oh, this baby's kind of gross. I don't know what to do with yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's why that dream is so important, and that dream is really the turning point for how Clementine thinks about herself, because the lesson is not just something that she gives herself, and, and I mean that's important. It's specifically that sometimes you have to hurt people in order to do the right thing, which lets Clementine make real calls. Uh, because if she has yeah. to if she feels beholden to never letting anyone get hurt, or she feels beholden to hurting everyone to support herself. Neither of those will ever support any choices. You just have to do the thing you have to do. And Lee, Dream Lee is giving her, passing the torch down into maybe this game's analog for real adulthood in a, in a way of you now can make the choices. You, the player, now have the ability with Clementine to make choices like Lee did 
And, you know, it's right before the end of the, like, last third of the last episode of the season. So only bits after you wake up in that car really feel like season one of The Walking Dead at all. Uh, Which I now think that I understand from, like, a literary device level. But also I'm wondering what the benefit of that is because it does feel bad. Uh, Does real feelings of being abused constitute good art when i still just feel bad from it like why 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 make me feel that way it's just hard hard. yeah thanks telltale anyway let's head into our segments i think it's time huh (laughs) yeah andrew why don't we start with you what is your golden moment uh honestly like the the point where you find out that Jane tricked you is yeah. so powerful because you're already emotional from the scene right before it. And then suddenly they they throw the throw the throw this little curveball and suddenly you're rethinking like everything about the scene. Like it was the one scene that left me conflicted enough to go back on it. So it's gotta be that one. Yeah, it's a it's a very powerful. Good reasoning. Uh, Dustin, what's yours? Um, so I feel like this might have been the hardest episode to do a golden moment on. Well, last episode was hard in a different way. I feel like last episode it was hard because I didn't feel like there were any golden moments. <laughs> Here, okay. I feel like there's a lot of possible golden moments. So even now, I'm very conflicted, but I think. I think I'm going to say the dream sequence. That's not even what I had written down in my notes. I'm just now making that call. Oh, wow. Okay. What was the thing you had on um, your notes, though, out of curiosity? I had the campfire scene, like, at the power oh, plant. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's a good one, too. I feel like both are very strong. I feel like Andrew's is a very strong choice. There's so many good answers The, the thing for about the campfire scene is it's, it's, like, genuinely uplifting with, like, no downsides. Yeah. That's that's exactly why I wrote it down. It's the calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. It's like the one of the only moments, not just in this episode, but in all of season two, that's like a light moment for everyone to just hang out and converse and ha- have a somewhat good time with one another. It, yeah. Like the only scene you get, you can kind of get that. If, in season one, you don't really get that either, but here. It, it just really hits hard. But especially after hearing what Mitch had to say about it, I do think uh, the dream sequence is very powerful. Plus, it was just like, what a feeling seeing that like the first time. I played this uh, back when it came out and just, uh, just having it go back to season one, seeing these characters again, seeing Lee again, seeing Ben again. Yeah, Are you kidding? Yeah. It felt weird to see Ben again. <laughs> it's like oh well, there's, yeah there's versions of this you. where you can see lily again yeah lily's in the van too uh the benang yeah this yeah mug is mm-hmm. there it's the first time we've seen <laughs> benang since i believe episode two of this when it was in the kitchen of the house mm-hmm. <laughs> um that's the the, the, so... the biggest benang gap <laughs> so far <laughs> i was thirsting for benang but um yeah it's it's just a a great scene 
you already went into detail why it's so good. Um, I, I feel a little dumb picking it just because it... I don't want to say it's a manipulative scene. I don't want to say it's an emotionally manipulative scene. Well, bringing scene, Lee but... back, I mean, come on. Yeah, it, 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 it does feel is. kind of like, yeah. yeah, it does feel like they're kind of like, oh, they're they're going to love this one. Yeah. And I did. I, I fell for it. I think it's I, I don't think emotionally manipulative is a bad quality of art on its own. It's just like, what are you doing with it? It depends on I, how yeah, you do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the thing is, it actually had something to say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that that's why it's my golden moment, even though there's tons of them. So, Mitch, what did you pick? So, I'm going to take a page out of your book and do a different thing than what I originally wrote down. Because I, I originally wrote down the dream. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think objectively that might be, I think, the best written part of the... I mean, not objectively, obviously, but that might be what I think is the best written, best acted most intense interesting part of the episode but still for me um i i think only realizing it once i explained my feelings on it to you two um kenny fixing the car uh really got me yeah it it really got me when you were saying it earlier i had a feeling that's what it was gonna be yeah it's it's just a it's the first time i started to believe everyone else like oh, Kenny might be dangerous, because everyone else was saying Kenny's dangerous, and I thought what it was going to lead toward was, like, some story about, no, you got to put your foot down when you believe in something. I thought that was, like, maybe the me- the, the message we were leaning toward, and it very wasn't. The, <laughs> the, the message is a completely different <laughs> thing, and seeing that turn was um, inspiringly haunting and really made me feel bad about just everything that was going down uh at that point you know something's gonna happen with kenny in the future and you can't just sit on it anymore you realize he's going to uh, bubble over and it's just gonna be a bad yeah um yep yeah definitely so uh next is the choice cut uh okay (laughs) right yeah (laughs) <laughs> the choice cut is shooting Kenny or not, right? Yeah. I kind of think it's... I mean, for me personally, it's staying with Kenny or going to Wellington. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine if you have that yeah. aspect of the episode, it would... But yeah, you guys didn't heavy. really get that ending, so it's an interesting one. Yeah, for what I got, shooting Kenny or not is is the highlight choice of the episode. Of It's the first choice that clementine ever makes that really really matters um which kind of feels bad from like a gameplay point of view um i mean i i won't i won't argue that even though i get it now the narrativity of what's going on does hamper the the gameplay the game design of this game um i just think it's worth it now uh mm-hmm I mean, yeah. even even with as messy as some of the stuff in season two is, I think all but one of the episode are like still like really superbly written. They're just a very different kind of writing than what was in season one. Yeah, I I mean I still hold that season four's dialogue writing is or sorry episode four's dialogue writing is uh, pretty bad. Yeah, especially how many different kinds of times Jane talks about her sister and how like oh my she favorite, used to have leather jackets. Is... 
my favorite is like the three like identical conversations of like um oh rebecca's gonna have a baby does someone know how to do stuff with baby oh kenny knows baby yeah (laughs) yeah you have a lot of different options to get that um and weekly guy uh who, who would like to go first AJ, AJ is my weekly guy. Interesting. Um, I think even though he is basically an object in this actual episode, right? Like the thing that he represents is so important because it's like it's it's not even really about Clementine anymore. It's about like you know they have this baby and they have to find the best life for this baby. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think AJ is my weekly guy. How about you, Dustin? Um, I had to give it to Clem. I I mean, <laughs> it feels like a very basic choice, but I don't know. I it it's a strange episode for a weekly guy because I feel like a lot of characters really bring it this episode, mm-hmm. but it's because they're being bad people, like. Kenny and Jane have a lot of standout moments in this, but it's not trying to be like them doing a good, they're not being a standout people. They're awful. They're fighting. They're screaming at each other. Obviously it comes to a head at the end. Um, so I, I just gave it to Clem for dealing with all this shit. <laughs> Fair. Um, I am giving it to Kenny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Despite me being of the opinion that maybe the best way to go through this is to kill Kenny. Uh, I do think that what Kenny represents here is so um, it's carefully visceral. presented it's... In, in everything. It's it's just a really an amazing look at a character. A very purposeful delivery of a character. Um, I I think that yeah, there's there's a lot of like weird bits, messy bits in season two about how each character is used. I wouldn't change a thing about how Kenny's used. Yeah, um, agree. Really, an important character in in uh, in terms of the story, but also just in terms of outside of the story. Um, I think one thing I yeah. respect is like they they treated abuse in a way that is like really human. There was like no cartoonishness to like, okay, yeah, he's like, you know, he, he felt like realistic at the whole time. And you're like, okay, I'm slowly losing, losing my feel for this guy, you know? Yeah. They, they, uh, export all the cartoonishness into Carver, right? Uh, Uh, like, yeah, he's the big cartoonish villain. Yeah, like he he is he is a Saturday morning like cartoon villain to Kenny's like realistic portrayal of like an actual abusive person and it's kind of weird. Yeah, it 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 sort of primes you to think about abuse in a specific way because you saw this Carver stuff where it's night and day. It's obvious that's what's going on. And then you find yourself inside of it. But because you're in it, it feels so much more subtle and so much vaguer and grayer. Uh, it, then all of a sudden, you don't really know how you feel about it any, anymore. It's it's uh, <coughs> it's really something. So yeah, my weekly guy is Kenny. 
Nice. Good pick. Uh, this, like, playing through these again and discussing them with people, it really makes me appreciate Season 2 more than I did. Even at the time, I, uh, I liked it still, but, like, noticeably less than Season 1. I still don't like it as much as Season 1, but at the same time, I think it also might be a little more interesting at the end of the day. Like, it's giving you all, all the stuff we talked about in this episode. It's a lot to think about. Whereas I think in season one, the story is... You still have stuff to think about, but it's maybe just a bit more linear. Like, it's about Lee's story to save Clementine and take care of her at the end of the day. Well, this one, there's so many different factors to think about. And... Yes, some episodes were messy. There's a bunch of uh, narrative things here and there that I think make it weaker than season one. But I do like that I appreciate it more than I used to. I I don't have a past experience going through this season, but I kind of feel the same way because up through episodes one through the end of episode four, um, I was just thinking the whole time. And when people would ask me about it, I would tell them like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's clearly not as good as season one, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. It's doing its own thing. It's interesting. And now I'm, I, I'm turned around on it completely. Like, I, I think, yeah, season one is better. Um, there's just not really much of an argument for that. But, like, um, <laughs> what this is doing is so interesting. And the, the way that it had been setting it up the whole time, but, like, you're not seeing it until it really turns it around on you to say like, hey, this is actually what's been happening to you the whole time. Uh, chills. I got chills. I did a cry. I I thought about it hard. I talked to two friends about it you on got, the podcast. You got little goosebumps. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta cry out of the you know the end of the first season and then get a one out of this one too. So obviously, it's doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I think we're done with the podcast. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us. Oh, our uh, unweekly guy is Bonnie. Unweekly guy is, uh, <laughs> you, you say Bonnie, I'll give it to... Um, <laughs> I, I'll give it to the guy that said I had a cool hat. <laughs> it's hard for me to give it a weekly... I don't think I can, because I didn't get... The guy that said he had I, I think if a cool I, hat. <laughs> I, I think I think I gotta give it to Bonnie just because I know what can mm-hmm. happen, but I didn't even get that, so I feel bad saying it's Bonnie. She still when leaves she you to was. die, whether or not she's nice about yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's true. And I also I I wanted to say Arvo because he is the one who shoots Clementine. And I get it though. For the I to, it's tough. At yeah, the same time, like he's kind of a little bit justified here. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I totally forgot about was. You shoot his... He's trying to revive his sister at the beginning. Mm -hmm. He thinks she can be saved. You know she can't because you see her as a walker. So you shoot her in the head. He didn't see her become a walker. So he thinks you just shot her. He thinks you killed his sister. So he has that reasoning for wanting to... For having a beef with Clementine. I totally forgot about that before this. I did too. (laughs) Before you said that right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it it does make Arvo a little sympathetic, even if, uh, you know, shooting Clementine, you don't really want that to happen. But I, I, f- I 
don't think I can bring myself to say he's, like, a bad person for doing it, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see his reasoning. So it's very hard for me to do a weekly guy. But I think I'm going to give it to Bonnie just because I know what a shithead she can be. Well, okay. That's <laughs> our show. Andrew, where can people find you? Uh, at Special Agent Ape on Twitter. At Special Agent Ape on Twitter. Dustin, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Amazing DJ Dustin. And me, oh. I'm just around. Also, also follow <laughs> You'll know follow me. at Torch sixty on Twitter for our game dev stuff. At Torch sixty, mm-hmm. we will we yeah. will put that in the show notes to, uh, as well. So thank you everyone for sticking through a an abnormally long episode of Telling Three the Tale. <laughs> Three hours. I still think uh, less than season one, episode five, right, Dustin? Yeah, that one was over three hours. This one's like just hitting it. Hitting well, that one did have more things in it happening, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. kind of. Even though I think I have more to say about these things. It is kind of impressive. That. There weren't that many events in this episode. It was just, they yeah. were all heavy. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of heavy... Next week, we're going to be jumping into oh. Tales of Monkey Island, episode one. I, I can't wait. This is this was this is the big one I've been looking forward to is Tales of Monkey Island. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Andrew, for being here. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. All right. Uh, what's the, what's the email?